0: Do not take product if you are hyper sensitive.
1: Oh, hey, Internet, and welcome back. To the Intoxicated Podcast. I am your host, Sarah. And if you're brand new to Intoxicated, this is a drinking podcast where I usually have friends on and we talk about life. And as I'm recording this, it is Halloween. So I hope everybody had a great Halloween and I hope you enjoyed my Halloween episode with Frankie and Amy. I did have some listeners let me know that those EVP things that I thought I captured in that episode did sound to be like somebody saying something. So that's really good to know that I am not crazy. Very quick disclaimer on this intro. I have been noticing some static in my intros lately, the past couple episodes. I don't understand what it is. When I monitor my recording, I never hear it. I only ever hear it on playback, and I do double check to make sure everything is plugged in and nothing is loose, so I don't really understand what that. Static is sorry with that, guys. I'm gonna try to look into it and figure it out. Just wanted to let you guys know that I know about it and I hate it. Got one hell of an episode coming your way this week. We have a returning guest and a brand new guest on the show. This week, I welcome the very awesome Catherine, who is a friend that I've known for quite a while, but we have recently rekindled our friendship and she's just a goddamn awesome person. She is also a Patreon, so that's pretty cool. And returning guest Vern. Vern was obviously on a very recent episode of the show, and he's always welcome on any episode because I love Vern. Love you, Vern. So this is really interesting. So Catherine wanted to come on, and kind of the subject that we wanted to talk about was essentially just relationships and our relationship problems. But the opportunity came up to invite Vern in on the conversation as well, and I thought it was a really good idea because he can kind of chime in with some outsider perspective. He's someone who knows me pretty well and had only met Catherine that night, so it was actually a really interesting conversation holy shit now I gotta say I seem to be on a streak of like really deep episodes lately I'm not mad about it Uh, I think it's fucking great so this is a full-blown therapy session like quite literally Catherine is someone who does go to therapy regularly I'm very jealous of that And she brought a lot of insight to this conversation. So all I got to say is just listen to it. It is absolutely fascinating. We do talk about her relationship history and sort of the different types of behaviors that we do to kind of contribute to our relationship problems. So we actually talk about love languages and attachment styles. It is just full-blown therapy, guys. So it was great. I truly do think intoxicated therapy is a thing. I feel like sometimes episodes can go the storytelling route where it's really funny and it's kind of more of a storytelling structure. And other times it can go the therapy route. And this one is definitely a therapy episode. Man, it just makes me realize how much I need an actual therapist in my life. But I have this podcast, so that's something. This is a longer episode, so I will keep it short, and I know everyone's probably really confused with the title. It was really hard for me to pick a title for this episode because we covered so much. Sometimes I want to go the SEO route and just let you guys know right in the title what we are going to talk about. This time, I decided to put in a reference to a metaphor that is brought up in this episode, so you'll have to listen to learn more about that. So Catherine and Vern are both Patreons. So obviously I gotta plug Patreon. If you are a listener of the show, if you want to contribute, if you want extra content, if you got a spare couple bucks per month that you can throw our way, go on over to patreon.com backslash intoxicated and check out the different levels on there. You can donate anywhere from a dollar to twenty dollars every month, and it really helps out the show. So definitely check that out and make sure you're subscribed on any podcasting app that you use. I always feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but I do because Sometimes I will actually listen to a podcast and realize that I'm not subscribed to it. It's really, really bizarre. So make sure you do hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes. Leave a rating or review on iTunes if you can. And give us a follow on social media. So that is Intoxicated Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, we are in underscore toxicated. You can also email us at intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. So that's about it, guys. I didn't do too bad on this intro. I was pretty quick. I'm very proud of myself. I hope you guys enjoy this super-sized episode with Vern and Catherine.
2: Do what say? I do. Fuck anything that moves.
3: <laughs> Ask questions later. Yeah. Get swabbed, swabbed later. Get swabbed <laughs> <laughs> later?
2: Ooh, this is itchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that fire emoji meant. Oh uh, <laughs> fire emoji. Oh, it burns, it burns, it burns. Listening
1: to that back, I was just like, Sarah, why the fuck did you say that? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are we, Are we ready
2: now? to get going, guys? Yeah. Yes. Let's get
1: it going. <laughs> we're here on the Intoxicated Podcast in a
0: we're podcast.
1: in a We're podcast. We're in a Patreon sandwich. I have two Patreons <laughs> on the show. <laughs>
3: Miss Catherine,
1: first time, first time on the show.
3: First time. And
1: when I say first time, it's because I know you'll probably be coming back on.
3: I hope so. I hope this goes well, because I kind of feel like a celebrity, (laughs) and I want
1: to do this all the time now. We're not even into it yet.
3: This
1: is going to go to my head, I can tell. (laughs) I'm very, very excited. And we have a special guest, Vern, is here too! Hello! So funny how this happened, because originally it was just going to be you and me. And you started texting me. And I was like, you know, I'll invite Vern over.
2: He's had lots of Cause boy trouble. Because today
1: we're going to talk about boys. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of hair flips right now. No one can tell. Um, because you and I, you know, we have similar issues. I have
3: listened to your audio diary and cried with you.
1: Yeah. So she sent me a really nice message.
3: It's too Too similar. Like, just everything hits home. So
1: yeah. we're going to talk about that. And then I thought it'd be cool to get Vern on because you can chime in with what you think as an outsider perspective yeah. on our issues. Yeah.
2: Well, I may have some insider perspective, but I also am happy to give outsider perspective.
1: Because <laughs> you know me pretty well.
2: I'm like the, the narrator over in the corner. Or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: be like, I... And now they're both crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: be right back. Just getting the tissue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we are drinking me katherine and i are drinking okay so this is interesting because i asked you what you wanted to drink and you knew exactly what kind of wine you
3: wanted yes well i know you like specifics yes so i did not want to be vague. Um, i didn't want to be vague i left it open to brand but yes argentinian malbec
1: yeah you said malbec red for, mm-hmm. well is malbec always red it is always okay red. see i don't know dick about wine <laughs> Um, do you like
3: it? I do. It's like it's I so I really like smooth. it. It's not yeah. too dry. It's not like I it's just such a good easy drinking wine. It's really really good. I and know.
1: in recent years, I never used to like reds. Mm-hmm. I used to fucking hate red mm-hmm. wine. I used I used to cringe Same. at the thought. And when I started drinking white wine was my thing. It had to be white wine from the Germany section in a blue bottle.
3: Oh, the oh, a Riesling. Mm-hmm. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> the relaxed Riesling. Yes, I've yes. drank that.
1: Uh, I used to drink one called Blue Nun. Okay. Um, what were the other ones? There was one another one in a blue bottle that I used to always get. Blue I, I would know it to see it, but I just don't know the name.
2: It's probably a Gwirtstraminer.
1: That sounds about right. Um, I was if all you
3: anything that sounded German, <laughs> and she would have been like, "Uh yes. huh." <laughs> I I would not I'm so gullible. Like you you could have said anything to me and I'd be like, Oh my god, you speak German, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm really impressed. But yeah,
1: no, it always it, I I went for sweet wines. Yep. Um and really cheap, like ten dollars.
3: I can't. Like do if it was more anymore. than ten dollars,
1: it was like out of budget mm-hmm. for me. Um and then like it just started like I started puking all the time when I would drink it. <laughs> it it, uh, it was just never oh here's the bell. Pre- Yeah, It's funny. When Catherine and I have hung out recently, when Catherine and I have hung out recently, like, we'd be, like, talking back and forth, and then she would literally go like this. Ding, ding, ding! (laughs) Like, she wanted to hit the bell, but the bell wasn't there.
3: So I do my, like, preach.
1: (laughs) And bell ding. Yeah. but oh my gosh so thanks so much for coming on so let's do cheers and do you have something to cheers Vern? I do water and Diet Coke and a smoothie yeah, yeah. <laughs> get prepared Bring cheers cheers
2: cheers sisters
1: mm-hmm so we do have to start it off because you are a new guest and tis tradition okay to do a friendship origin story okay do we remember when we well I know who we met through way back we met through Ma- our friend
3: Megan yeah was it a Matt Mays concert so I remember coming to your apartment when you were on Church, Church street. street.
2: You lived on Church and Street. I did. We
1: talked about this. You lived on Church Street too. I lived on the corner. Um, oh right, right. I remember. It was like it's the a building. The, yeah.
3: Was it closer to south? Closer to south? It was closer to
1: Morris. Area? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So I remember going there, but I think there's
1: pictures from that night. There
3: are pictures from that night. I'm I don't point. remember, but we. I remember being there a few times yeah and for sure, at least one time is before a Matt Mays concert, but I don't remember if that was the first time yeah we I, mean, I think
1: it yeah we might have met met maybe once before we went to the yeah. concert together,
3: or i so I feel like there are a few Matt Mays concerts, oh, there under, was a few under our belt. I think maybe even we met first just at a Matt Mays concert and then maybe like a second time, oh maybe we that's came. what it was I think that might be what it is, like we just met at. Yeah, that would first. make sense. This is like really long.
1: This was really long ago. This would have, so. This would have been like, two thousand
3: seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, like ten-ish years, which is crazy. Which is crazy.
1: Okay. And I think because we were friends through another friend, she was like the anchor. So then, well, like, when like we all went, to- went separate ways, it just didn't. We just kind of went separate ways. Yeah, but we were friends on Facebook, so we stayed, stayed friends on Facebook, with- and then out of nowhere I got a message from you being like I'm listening to the podcast and I love it and I was like oh my god (laughs) like like it was just so nice it's really cool that that's been bringing people out of the woodwork uh it's happened to with a couple friends actually that's awesome um uh, a lot of female friends that I've had from a while ago who like you know nothing's happened but we've just lost touch life has happened we've Gone separate ways, and and then they come out of the woodwork, and they're like, "I'm listening. It's so fun. Thank you." And I'm just like, it, it makes me really happy. It's really fucking cool. It's
3: and I, so I am not a poster on social media. I like use Facebook to see pictures of my dog when she's at daycare. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm that person, and I share yeah. those pictures and like those pictures, and that's all that I do on Facebook. Yeah, but I couldn't. And so I'm and I'm not always one to like I use it to like keep in touch with a couple friends who are away or but I couldn't I'm not big on like reach like there are different random things like throughout the years I've seen someone's posted something or done whatever and it's like resonated with me but I've never said anything so it's not necessarily like in my nature to always comment or talk about something even if I feel like I'm relating to it but I feel it's like the consistency of the podcast and like seeing so much about it on your and knowing how important it is to you and I was like I like I genuinely really enjoy this and I need to let her know like I just yeah I just felt so compelled and what I loved
1: about your messages is that you were just like, I hope this
3: isn't weird. And I was like, no, this is so awesome. It's so nice to hear from you. It's like, I don't even know if she'll remember me. Oh, God, yes, I, I remember you. And it's
1: really cool because this has happened with a couple of guests. Uh, I had my friend Rebecca on, too. Like, she's done a couple episodes. And, um, like, it's one of those things where these women are coming back into my life and I'm just thinking like, we should have, we should have always been closer than what we were. Mm -hmm. But the podcast is bringing us back together in a weird way, as Mm -hmm. cheesy as that sounds. It's a catalyst. It's a catalyst. It's a reason to hang out. It's, it's, you know, like, and I know what they're doing so I can be like, come on and talk about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, so, it's it's really really cool. It
3: yeah it is. I love like I love reconnect. I love reconnecting with people that I always liked. Yeah, and I all and then it's like there's no reason that exactly. We have, but for sure, when you're young and there's that common friend, and then when yeah. the common friend, you feel like they always need to be there. Yeah, and that's I think what it was out. with us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like we never got to the point where we would just hang out on our own on our own. And I yeah. also think as females i mean i don't know if guys go through but as females when i like not now and maybe not so much in our 20s but when we were younger and for sure growing up if there was like that common friend and if a common friend like introduced two females and then those two females hung out on their own without that common friend, that's <laughs> not a good scene thank, thank you I'm, I'm familiar with that, that is not
2: i don't think that's a guy thing okay because yeah. it's, it's not even a guy thing shouldn't
3: it that, shouldn't it's a super insecure thing. Right? Yeah. Yes. So it's when you're growing up, like you're, you feel you're going to lose your friend, you feel threatened. And so I, th- yeah, that's true. I think like always kind of being mindful and respectful that plus Megan was such a, it was like, Oh, she's passed. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually, if she was here, I'd ask her to come on. She, and she Great. would. She, yeah. Um, like she's such a, the more the merrier kind of person. Yeah. So there'd never be, like, a reason to not. And Megan would be, like, probably the last person on Earth who would ever care if somebody hung out without her. But she would be, everybody come. It'll be great. Whoever's there is better. So, yeah, I just think it was, because it was always, like, that vibe with her. That yeah. That... It, that's sort of just yeah like this week's in between all that kind of together is why it sort of lost touch because there was no reason to know I was literally no. just when she moved. You guys
2: were meeting in university too yeah. right? University. Yeah. So it's a pretty transformative point of your life where there's a lot to do and a lot taking up your attention and now you now grown. So welcome back to your friendship. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Welcome and on. being semi-normal.
1: And then in a weird way Megan is what uh, had us start hanging out again because we went to lower deck She was visiting.
3: That's a really good point. That's hilarious. And then
1: you asked me to come and I was like, hell yeah. And then that's how we started hanging out again.
3: That's a really good point. And they were going to be comedy 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 show buddies now too. Yeah, and they were... I am so excited. Will you come to comedy shows with us too? Sure. Oh, yay. (laughs) Oh, it's so fun.
1: Make a comedy Mondays every Monday night at Gus's Pub. by donation only. Suggest a donation, $5. Support your local comedians. They fucking deserve it. They work really hard.
3: And they're great.
2: So talented.
3: Yeah. There's like there was eight or ten of them like, yeah there was a bunch and, yeah so totally different styles like, yeah it was yeah it was a really good variety it was totally and i feel
1: like andrew i hope you're listening to this because andrew <laughs> was sick that night and his friend uh martin uh, so they co- they share co-hosting duties of the show so sometimes it's andrew and sometimes it's martin edwards who's a sweetheart who i finally got to meet that night um but like you and I, I feel, brought brought the energy to that show, I just want to say. Which was, like, <laughs>
3: unintentional, but I think we're so similar. Like, we are, we're vocal people. Yeah. So we both are, are laughing and, like, making expressions, and it was, yeah. I mean, it was intimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a, it's, it's a smaller show.
3: Yeah. But that can be good, I think. I, yeah, it was cool. And it,
1: there was one moment when there was a comedian on talking about com- uh, jacking off a new milkshake. And I think I was, like, the only one who laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, like, he had this moment of, ha, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, like, pointed at me. And then, it, and then there was a pause. And then he goes, you want a milkshake? And I just died. I fucking died laughing.
3: I, I thought it was she fucking also hilarious. Said yes, she would take the milkshake. <laughs> so Listen, like, as long oh, as it's mixed with something, I could Thank probably do. Cute. it. <laughs> he was adorable. He was a baby, but he was adorable.
1: I like. I, I feel like when a guy is funny, it instantly makes him more attractive. Oh, for
3: sure. Like, well, it's no their matter charisma. What. It's just like, yeah, yeah. they give off. But, and it's not. It's like you can be shy. You can. I don't know. But it's if you're funny, if you can laugh and like. Mm-hmm. Just crack a joke and not be su- like too serious. And I feel like shy guys can do that too. That's- There's a
1: science behind it as well.
3: Really. Yeah.
1: And oh, fuck, I should have googled this before mentioning it. But apparently, so when a guy makes a girl laugh, it's the same. They have a similar chemical reaction as it's when the they give them an flows orgasm to your
3: vagina. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like a similar. It's a similar reaction. So wow. like that's why guys love it when girls laugh at their jokes. Because they're like, it's like a survival thing. It's like, I'm doing I good. want your baby. I can probably fuck her and spread my seed.
3: <laughs> so like back in the day when they were like cracking jokes about woolly mammoths. It was like, and the girls are laughing. Yes. They're like, this is perfect. But it is. I, I have to
1: admit, like when I make a guy laugh, I feel damn good about myself. It's
3: an empowering thing. I think it yeah. can make anybody laugh, though, it's... Yeah. Well, because it's—I mean—laughing is like it's like food. Like it's such a common, th- it's a thing you can share with people. Like to laugh with somebody is, yeah, it's just a relaxed, enjoyable thing. People are happy. What's not to be? So from happiness, the blood flows to your vagina, and then you yeah. want to have sex. I love a funny with guy. The funny guys. That's it's like
1: it number one, I think. For me, is oh, funny.
2: My. I just had a vision of that scene in Avatar where their two like sex tales are in- intermingling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, comedy has achieved the joining of the sex oh, tales.
3: Sex tales! I think we have our hashtag so far.
1: <laughs> hashtag sex sex tales. tales.
3: Man, oh man. So many things. We could tell stories of our sexual escapades, <gasps> sex tales, or we could talk about. When our sex tale just connects with somebody and nothing else happens, but you just know, you just have that sex tale connection. You could hold tales walking down the street. <laughs> sex tales. Oh, God.
2: Listen, I'm in charge of the sex tales, so if there's anything you want to know about them, oh, I run it. all the sex tales.
1: That could, that could be a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing sex stuff. There's a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but, so you said that you related to the audio diary. Because in the audio diary, I was talking a lot about
3: how, how like, I just don't feel, I mean, at, at the heart kind of distracted. it, I don't
1: feel datable.
3: Yeah.
1: I know that, that that's not sexy for me to say. No. I, and, and part I of the audio, audio diary for me was admitting that, like, admitting, like, I don't like that I feel this way. I know that it's a very attractive trait in women and people in general to be confident and love yourself no matter what and not need a man and... I don't necessarily need a Mamba. I really want one. <laughs> I think, and so. there's a guilt associated with it because you want to be seen as strong, but like then you're terribly lonely at night, and you're really sad about it, and you really want that connection. But I think
2: if you try too hard to give off that strong exterior, you can seem impenetrable. True, quite mm. literally.
1: That's very true.
3: And I think if you try too hard. Well, it's like fake it till you make it, right? Like, if you do that too much, though, then it's not even just seeming that way. You can actually be that way. Like, you don't know how then to become vulnerable. And it's like being dependent on... Like, that's not a bad word. Like, a healthy relationship, there should be an interdependence. Like, I can depend on you. I can rely on you. I can count Mm. on you. I can lean into the relationship when something's going on. like that, And it should work both ways. Mm -hmm. And... When if you feel too, you it can just be like you're emotionally unavailable. Like oh I don't need I don't need you. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. And if you oh, worry just... about
2: scaring off guys with that attitude, then just remember the guys you're scaring off are the guys that want absolutely no commitment whatsoever. That's true. They will offer nothing to you except for the things that they also get pleasure from, mm-hmm. and that's virtually like a net zero gain. You might as well just keep masturbating. That is both of you
3: and. It's incredibly good point and that's hard the-
1: <laughs> I need two bells I yeah. keep saying this. In this you have another
3: bell I, I- oh that's true <laughs> ding ding ding
2: that's perfect
3: <laughs> ding. I can- I'll ding, ding you ding. someone can ding me <laughs> that should be my thing on tinder you can ding me.
1: <laughs> so I guess my thing is, is, like, I've started just being, like, this is just what I'm feeling, guys, and I know it's not cute. No, but, I think
2: it's great that you but, actually oh, say oh, it out loud, thank, and you're releasing it into the you world. That's what
3: exactly what I'm, like, I was, putting think, it in the universe.
1: There yeah. was a time where I felt the same way, um, but I also didn't... I wasn't enriched in other areas, so I was, like, hyper-depressed. Yeah. Like, I was a very yeah. negative person, and that's where the drinking got bad, and... So I had the want for a partner, but then I had all this other shit, like, not being fulfilled and Mm -hmm. hating my job and not, like, finding a hobby that I really liked, like, I have now. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in many ways I've come leaps and bounds from where I was, but there's still issues of loneliness there. And I'm someone with, like, I hate saying this because it sounds cocky, but I have, I do have a lot, like, I have a lot of friends. Like, I I got good, I'm so fucking thankful for that. I have really good friendships in my life. And, like, a good amount, too. So, like, I'm not... It's not that I'm lacking connection with people. Mm-hmm. I'm just lacking that emotional, romantic connection with a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, so... So I've fallen into casual sex for six years, and it's just become my normal at this point. I so. think
3: that's... So I heard this... Well, I don't know. It's not necessarily a quote a philosophy or whatever. Anyway, it was talking about how... We can have like females in particular, but I think it go, probably goes for males as well. You can have all like facets of your life together. You can have the great family and a great friends and a great job and a you know a beautiful home and you can have all. But then that one thing that's not there, like the really that's the thing that gets all the emphasis and right. the attention. And it's not so. It's not like when. So when I am going through like a difficult time or breakup or something it really does and i hate that it does but it really does impact my view of my worth
1: yeah and that's where we relate yeah so that's i think what you connected with in the episode yeah
3: like and so i think so because i've used the term i feel so and i again i don't like i know it's like you're giving power to these guys to let you feel this way and but so i've used the phrase like i it, some of the things that have happened and we can talk about have made me feel like unlovable yeah so i'm curious like what you feel the difference is i mean between like being feeling or being undateable versus unlovable because like mm-hmm. they're it's kind because of, i hadn't really thought about it in terms of maybe that's it maybe that's how i feel like i mean i, I, I think really the dateable
1: comes i think that's just part of it right I think I definitely feel unlovable, too. I mean, I've only been loved twice. I've only had two relationships my whole life. But the reason that I think I'm undateable is because guys don't want to date me. I know that that sounds ridiculous to say, but I'm I'm taking, I'm taking telling facts here. Um, in the six years that I have been since my last relationship, I've had one situation where a friend of mine admitted feelings for me and that I, I could have dated him, but I just didn't feel that way about him. Um, and that that's really been it.
2: Can I unpack you for a minute? Mm-hmm. So what is it that makes you undateable? Mm. What have you intuited from men's response to you? We are
1: 23 minutes in. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> People at home, take some notes. Um, I don't. The truth is, is that I just don't know. I don't well, know what it is. There's
2: a standard there's a standard checklist. I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm I, stupid, I, I'm my career's going nowhere. I'm I tend bum-
1: to go to the too much category. So the oh that wine's gonna Oh there you go. Oh, oh good. Wow. <laughs> that would be bad. Um I tend to go to the too much category. I feel like okay. I have a lot of guy friends. So I have a lot of friendships with guys. That's great. I can get fuck buddies pretty easily. That's great. But as soon as it it as soon as I try to mold those two together, like either in terms of like a relationship like let's just go out in public and be together, or like like let's date. Dating. Like date a friend? It yeah. Okay. Like I say a friend that I've been sleeping with. Okay. it's it, it's just never, they've never felt that way. Um, the only time I've ever got an answer to that question, and it actually happened this year, this summer actually, my fuck buddy was over, and I I was like so out of curiosity, like, why have I never been an option for you? Because we're friends, but we have sex when you're not with anyone. And then you date other people and then you come back to me. Like, like I'm the in-between girlfriend person. So, like, why have I never been an option? And literally his response was, I just don't know how we would do, like, personality-wise together.
3: <laughs> So is he? So there it is. That's like, the blade personality. Yeah, I was just gonna say that
2: <laughs> indicates that he doesn't have as much. But, yeah. he, he has less than is necessary for you, and, and I that also is get just the that's lack not of a, confidence. Yeah, but that's not a bad thing for mm-hmm. you. That's a terrible thing for him. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. a shitty, like, underwhelming personality.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I've always, I've always tacked it under. They're ashamed of me.
2: I think they'd be more ashamed of themselves knowing that they could never keep up with you. Like, and then they also of don't sense know how of humor. to, like, just
3: let you shine and be okay with them. That's true. Do you know, because there's, yeah. it's either keeping up with you and being, like, just as extroverted and just as bubbly, but also being okay having the downtime, you know, so being, like, very right. well matched, or being okay being reserved or being quieter and letting you do your thing and being, like, happy for you and and also getting enjoyment out of that so it's there's either not enough personality there or not Mm. enough confidence there or or both well
1: i've always felt in my casual sex situations like i could easily get feelings for all these people Mm -hmm. um but i don't necessarily think that there's feeling on their end because i've seen how they bang me
3: so just casual (laughs) sex (laughs) and it's quite porny is it hard?
2: That's dudes, though. Dudes yeah. watch porn all the time. Like they so the, the, the smallest proportion of men possible are those that don't watch porn. Um, so that is how people are educated about how to have sex. And you can... I'm pretty sure you can re-educate people yeah. in a porn vacuum. You just need to, like... Yeah. Get them off it for a while.
3: Is that possible? Because I feel... So mm. I dealt with this with a boyfriend who was single for... I don't know, like four years or something like that before he and I started dating, and he became—I well, don't know—I felt like he was addicted to, like he seemed like well, and then it got bad because of, for a whole bunch of other reasons, and then he was like jerking off more than we were having sex, and I, uh. so then I started to have a thing about porn, so I was like, I don't care. If you do that, if you jerk off, you want – but it's – if you do that and, like, my needs are not being met, that's different. Like, if my needs are being met and yours are being met and more ha- – and then you still do that, cool. Donuts, oh, yeah. Ha- fill your boots. Yeah. <laughs> but it was – so it became all like that. And then I – same thing. I felt like – and he was a boyfriend and we lived together and we were together for four years. And yeah. But I felt, yeah, like, it was very – this is what you see in online room. yeah, and you're just trying to like recreate that recreate it. and it's like taken away a little bit of like this is maybe I sound like because I'm not a prude but I really I feel like it's taken away like a certain innocence or about like evolving in your sexual experiences yeah because you're just bombarded with it so what used to be like you know Sneaking to, like, look at a Playboy or something like that. It's just – you are just constantly sex anytime, whenever you want it, all the time. So you you do – when you see or do something, you do become desensitized to it. That's just – It's very true. That's life. So it really – like, it just kind of sucks that you – Lose that little bit of innocence. I don't know when you're having yeah. sex with somebody, like to feel well like, and feeling
1: like a person and yeah, not like, not like you're, a flesh. I feel like you're
3: trying to make a porn yeah. right now and you're not like being intimate with another person. You're just that's kind of my thing. Like, I don't really know jerk. what intimacy
1: is. I haven't experienced that in like a very long time.
3: I know what I want. Yeah, it to I be. do too. I don't know, but yeah, like, I don't even know what I want. Is that is that possible? Like, is that just rom coms of ruined yeah, me? i was gonna
2: say like if porn is is uh influencing these guys to you know have all these like really exaggerated fantasies you know it's really not that different than how rom-coms are exaggerating f- fantasies on the other side which so, is very true yeah okay. so yeah. i think like the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle it's like probably have like moderately skanky sex <laughs> and <laughs> then go out for like a dairy queen afterwards talk about Right (laughs) and like hold hands
1: and I I think no I think you can have like dare I say like rough kinky like porny sex just look me in the fucking eyes and we good like it's not like (laughs) like like, you know what I mean like give me a little bit of eye contact and like like presence I think that's what it is it's a presence yeah um you want to be we're in this together we're doing this thing together Mm -hmm. it's not just you. Um, which I've just, I tended to get involved
3: with selfish, a lot of selfish guys, I think is, is my problem too. That's so prevalent. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of tied back to like putting up kind of that wall or making it seem like the guys that I've been, who are selfish also put up that facade of not caring. Yeah. And then they all, they just become focused on them. It's like, I can't deal with you cause I need to. Like, I blatantly had a boyfriend say that to me one time. Like, and I was going through, like, I'd been diagnosed with colitis. I'd, like, my grandfather had passed away. I was, I was, like, working from home all the time because I couldn't go into the office. I was so miserable. And he, and I, so I was just having a really, like, difficult time with him. And he was also just not, not a bad person, not a good partner. Right. Just never made toast for me, like just uh, not n- a partner, not there at all, and blatantly said, like, I don't know if I can worry about your stuff, because, like, I have to worry about my stuff.
2: Well, I have heard that story. There are these boys out there. And, and that's,
3: like, they're boys, and they think they're men, but
2: no, they're not. No, they're not even done. They should go back to their moms. Thank you. They're not finished was being this, raised.
3: out of curiosity, was this the last boyfriend or the boyfriend before? No, it was the boys' boyfriend before. Well, okay. not, sorry, not the boyfriend before, the boyfriend... Before that, I... There, I'm not. How many boyfriends have you had? There's a few. How many? Um, oh, God. Like, actual things I would actually call, like, a relationship. Yeah.
1: Okay, you have to count, so that means a lot.
3: Well, there was, like, high school first boyfriend that was, like, the fall in duration, and we broke up before Christmas. Um, And, the, yeah, so... And then there was the first, like, real boyfriend so that was, like, grade 12, first year university, then there was the first guy that I really was like, oh, my God. A bit, like, I met him when I was 18. He was 26. He was 6'6". He played soccer. I was like, it's yeah, like God. a stallion. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> little 18-year-old <laughs> man did not know what I was getting into. Uh, then there was, I met a guy when I was 20, turning 21, and he was 36, and that was on and off for five years. That's a big age difference at 21. Age age difference. This is the time in my life when I learned age has nothing to do with maturity. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I learned... (laughs) That's when I learned that lesson. That's 100% correct. Yeah. You can be... 75 and completely immature and you can be 25 and incredibly mature like it's means nothing mm-hmm. um and then so then after i think that, i think 25 is a key age though i feel like it's a it's a like you are you're at a crossroads kind yeah. of thing when you're 20 like you either keep being a kid or something shifts in you You feel like wow i'm in my mid-20s i love 25. i gotta get it together
0: or
1: yeah. something yeah
3: i love 25 such an age so then there was like the first boyfriend I live with, which was after that. Then there was the next boyfriend who, that uh, was, he's a disaster. we had um, six? We're at six. And that's who we moved into, well, my house together. And then there was the most recent boyfriend. Okay, so 7 Sorry, overall. did you say my house? Yes.
2: As in you own a house?
3: Yes. She does.
2: Well, ding to that. Ding, ding to that. Yes. Ding. Ding. I mean, yes, homeowner. No need nice. no man.
3: <laughs> right? Is that a shadow back
2: or a stable full of stallions?
3: (laughs) Oh, God, don't even... Get, I would take a stallion any day. Like, like literally? literally, no. I would take a horse over a man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm hoping that she's talking like, about I an actual horse. A horse. I, would, I would take a horse and be like, fuck you. If I could have, like, my dog and my horse, then I think I would literally be at a point where I don't need a man at all. <laughs> like, i like, I'm fine now. Like, I have all the things that I really want in life. Aww. I have friends and I have my pets and I'm fine. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, so that's seven.
1: Seven, that's a lot. That's a lot. I've only had two.
3: It's yeah. I guess it's a it's a it's a number. <laughs> it's a, okay. But it's-
1: I have a couple questions about this. Okay. What's Catherine like as a girlfriend?
3: <laughs> so this is like where I really appreciate outside perspectives because I I feel like I try when I describe situations anyway I try to be as honest and unbiased. I mean, obviously there's going to be a bias because I'm describing it from my perspective, but I try to remove my perspective as much as I can and be more factual because I genuinely want feedback, like particularly mm. around arguments or something like that. Like, was I being really unreasonable? Or- so I yeah. try to do that. So my, when I say like, this is Catherine as a girlfriend, this is me mm. and how I see myself but i really i don't know if that's right. how that's true
2: it's undoubtedly it's going to be mixed with a little bit of what you want to be what you want yeah. to project
3: yeah. oh that's true absolutely because i've had so i've had like guys tell me that like oh like you think you're like this big ball of love but you're not But Whoa, those are what but those are also the guys that are not emotionally available and they're the selfish guys too and so They've said that when it's at a, it's gotten so deep down a point of, like, trying to get something out of them or, like, to really connect with them that I, my level of, like, frustration has just gone beyond where I thought it could even go. Like, mm. each guy has, like, tested me in new ways in the sense of, like, oh, I will put up with more than I thought I ever would. Or, oh, I can be more frustrated than I thought I ever could. So, like... Ha- As a girlfriend, like, things factually that I have done, I feel like I'm very considerate. I, like, considerate just in a, like, thinking about, like, a general thing. Like, oh, I'll call you if I'm late or that kind of stuff. But also, like, thinking about things that you've said. Like, something that you need or something that you like. And thinking about it, putting a lot of effort into, like, a birthday gift or thinking about somebody, if like, oh, I'm out and about, and you know, oh, they said like they needed gloves for work because they're really cold. Like, oh, I should get them gloves. Right. Like, so it's all those little things like those that. those little things. So yeah. I try, and I love doing that. Like my last boyfriend, his birthday, I got him like he is a computer gamer and he hit a uh, boys and games oh my
2: god i, I can't verbalize uh, my face when she said that i know it was that <laughs> it was if i was thinking of a sound effect it'd be like yeah <laughs> gamer
1: yeah and like no
2: offense guys
1: i know do right? you find that you like you give really good guesses and you don't get the
2: Really, she gives really good. I, gifts.
3: Do, <laughs> I do. And I always, I always have. I'm just a natural <laughs> gift giver. <laughs> what can I say? I am a giver. Um, Yeah. Because I like. So he said to me, and he's like gone through a lot of shit in his life. He takes no ownership of. He's incredibly stubborn, incredibly. But he takes no ownership of anything. And I don't know if he denies it and really knows it. Or doesn't even know it, but anyways, he Ugh. said to me, and it meant a lot because he's not super close with his family. He almost got like a tiny bit emotional and was like, "Wow, I have don't think I've ever received a gift like in a long time that was like actually a gift that somebody really thought about, right? Like something to that. He, you could tell he was really like not only did he not appreciate it because he liked it and it was what kind of what had. He, somebody thought about it, like they put effort into it and remembered something he had said months ago, and you know, mm. so that I, and that was awesome mm-hmm. for me. That to get that appreciation, yeah, yeah. like yes, I made yeah. you feel exactly the way that I wanted you to. Like I wanted you to feel special, I wanted you to feel loved, and yeah. so that's important to me. How I make somebody feel, yeah. Like I remember hearing a quote: like people don't remember what you say, they remember how they how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like I that's that. very true, I'll and I so I way. want. I, again, so this is coming to like what you want versus what you really are, but I tried it like, again, and it when it just gets really, like at the beginning and the, like the way that I would like to be able to continue if these guys were at all normal, I don't know, normal is a bad word, but like emotionally available, that's just, since that yeah. has become part of like my vocabulary, it's just a phrase that's very same relatable and it's very prevalent yeah and yeah anyway so i'm yeah like i'm considerate i feel like i'm very loving i'm affectionate i like it's yeah i just like i want to hear that you love me i want to like have physical affection it doesn't need to be over the top but those are like my love languages i was just gonna say (laughs) because we were talking at the comedy show we were talking about love languages
1: and i never knew that this was a thing so like can you explain that again because you explained it really good.
3: <clears throat> so I may not do this justice, but there are five love do you know mm-hmm. okay, so there are five love languages, so correct me if I'm so there's um like words of affirmation. so that's the the I love you that you're beautiful is like that kind of thing. there's the the physical affection mm-hmm. um there's acts of service, there's gifts, and then there's like quality time. So acts of service would be more like, mowing your lawn or clean pick you know tuning your car or picking up mm. groceries and gifts would be like oh i bought you this diamond mm. necklace or so i bought you i this. want all
1: damn things oh. can my
3: love language be all five it, it can't it can be yeah there's always gonna <laughs> be like one or two that dominate but interesting yeah so the philosophy is that people with different love languages can be together but you have to understand how you receive love, and then also how your partner receives love. So you need to, like, if words of affirmation are really big to you, and physical affection's big to them, like you kind of need to to understand like what love means to them and what it means to you, and be able to, like, huh. Adjust. I gotta no, chime Vern's, in here. Yeah, I, I know. I saw Vern's face.
1: face. I, Vern's I face was.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I
2: absolutely have to chime in because although I agree with you, I think if you take that logic far enough, what you'll find is, in order to, for that to work, for people's love languages to be different and it still to be an equitable relationship, basically both partners in their receiving and giving have to be somewhat autistic about it. They have to be. You know, it's you. You are somewhat autistic in the sense that you don't. You don't appreciate that person's emotions their emotional response or what they're putting out in the way that they want to be appreciated and it's hard to give them that if you if you if you can't kind of you almost have to like drum it up you have to like act it out for them Hmm. so can you say then that that is a real genuine genuine. exchange yeah
1: that's that's very very true so i I guess it matters like how in other words you're doing it because you know the person wants it not because you want to do it right it's the it's the um the dishes argument from the movie The Breakup with Jennifer Anderson. Oh, yeah. I
3: Yeah, I want you to want I w- to do the
1: yes! dishes. <laughs> I want you to want. Not because I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, that's but actually I, like every single fight I've had.
3: <laughs> so it's, I've tried to, so my last relationship. So I've also feel like I, I'm i a togger. So that ding, ding. has gotten me <laughs> <laughs> into trouble sometimes. I, so I am learning how to choose my battles, like how to yeah. not necessarily... Yeah, absolutely. Break, choose, it's a life skill, yep. how to not bring up everything that's on your mind or bugging you, like mm-hmm. learning to let things go more. Because I can let things go pretty quickly, but it's being able to not vocalize them sometimes yeah. is important. I would need
2: another relationship right now to see how far I've actually come from learning that to mm-hmm. now, because yep. it's been a long time since I've had to implement that skill, since I learned that was important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really couldn't tell you how effective even just knowing that would be if yeah. or if I would just do a bunch of things, the at, exact same, you know, like reflex. Yep. Yeah. 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 And then once you've done it a couple of times, you go, oh, fuck, I failed at this. And then that starts to play on your mind. And then before you know it, you're probably doing something to intentionally or subconsciously sabotage the situation.
3: I feel like it's something I'm, I'm always just going to have to be aware of. Like, it's something I know my instinct will always be to just say everything. So I'm always going to. We're so similar. (laughs) Like, I'm always going to have to be aware of that. Like, for the rest of my life, I'm just going to have to get better at stopping myself before I say it. Like, I'm always going to have to fight my instinct to blurt it out and put it out there. Um...
2: And the men that you date are going to have to keep learning how to listen and not overreact and shut you down.
3: And they, they shut – so the last boy – I have never dealt with that before. Like, he – when he reached a point where he couldn't deal, he would – leave. And so I've I've had anxiety my whole life since I got like diagnosed with colitis just over the like the last 4 years. I for sure I'm being in difficult relationships and with work and da da da. I've seen my anxiety like increase for sure. Um so just my capacity to deal with the stuff in life is not like my normal is too high. Like it's working on bringing my normal back down. Like I'm too close to my yeah, like I'm too close to like my limit all the time. So little stuff puts me over like my, my doctor described, it's like a bucket of water, right? So everybody has a different normal where they <laughs> operate. Perfect. We <laughs> talked, we touched on this in Vern's episode. Oh, your, cup's glass, yeah. your cup's too full. Mine was a glass. Your cup's too full. Yeah. Pours yeah yes. out. And yeah. you need to like learn, yeah. like you need to take this to bring your normal back. So then when the little things happen, oh, your, your level goes up a little bit, but it doesn't overflow. Right. Yeah. And that's the key. So I've been overflowing for yeah. a long time. Um, so I did get back down for a while, but the last boyfriend just really brought my normal back way too high again. So when he got to a point where he was really frustrated, he would physically leave if he was with me and then he would ignore me and he would could ignore me for days, for like we, he could just never speak to me again.
1: So this is like not responding to texts, not Phone calling calls, you back. Nothing. Yeah not checking in. Nothing. It's just like straight up ignoring and disappearing.
3: Yep. And That's so, then, so fucking manipulative. Then the f- and I talked to him about it. I said like look I get you're different than me. I want to talk about it kind of right away. Or ta- yeah. I get if you need your space. I, I want to be able to respect that. I want to not call you like if mm-hmm. you need some time. But you have to let me know you need some time and say okay like Kat I gotta take like I will call. I need some time. I'm pissed off, whatever. I'll call you tonight. And then keep your word. Take the day. Tell me you'll call me in the morning, whatever. Take the time, but then keep your word. Call when you say you're going to call. And then that helps me like build the trust with you that you can be mad and it's not, doesn't mean the end of our relationship or you could, because that was the other thing he'd do. He's just like, oh, I can't deal with this anymore. This is over. And then every time we would like get back together or talk, he, he never even thought we were broken up. He, I was because I asked, him, like, did you like, do you feel like you were in a relationship the last week? And he was like, no, this is insane. And so then he kept doing it. So he did it That's over like a yearish. Yeah, he did it like several times.
2: This is the worst possible partner a person with their level level of anxiety could have because it it leaves you in this vacuum where all you can do is reanalyze things.
3: Oh my yep. God. So like preoccupied is an understatement. Yeah, it is all. So Just for a year, that was
2: affecting it. everything that you did. Yep. yep. Every other relationship that you had. Every, your like, work. work,
3: friends. Yep. yep. Everything. Probably, everything. I,
2: I bet it, your, like, bill payments probably suffered. <laughs> 100%. You probably gained five pounds or something.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah. It was all that I focused on. Because, so then... Sort of second to love languages are attachment styles.
2: Ooh, I don't know this.
3: Ooh, so there's let's talk our, about attachment styles. This I've, is the funnest. I, I love meant this. To bring, I love this so much. <laughs> I meant to bring over my book. Um, oh my it, god, you're so. Bad. I've totally forgot about it. I totally meant to. So it's called Attached, and it was. It's the very. <laughs> So the therapist that I see now. So I for I'm like also like a big advocate of mental health. Again, since being d- diagnosed with colitis, not that I always wasn't an advocate of mental health, but I have so much more of appreciation for the interconnectedness of physical and mental health. Like if one mm-hmm. is really I, suffering, the other is going to suffer too. Yeah, you can 100%. only do it for so long. And then because then also having colitis is it's an autoimmune disease. Like it's not something that ever goes away. So. Understanding having a chronic illness, understanding what being sick means and, and that whole perception of like you can look at somebody and they might look fine, but that doesn't necessarily mean they are. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. So,
2: so your colitis is actually mimicking the way me- mental illness is kind of seen too. hundred percent. So you've got the anxiety and the, the colitis. Nobody the can see either of those things.
3: things.
1: Right.
2: Yeah.
3: <sighs> and I have been told even my, like my doctor, like my, my GI doctor i want one of those <laughs> i've gotten like i'm really good at hiding it and she flat out said she's like makeup hides a lot and she like she got because she's known me she's gone through all this with me and and she said like you're very good at putting on the mask oh wait and, we're not talking about real makeup are we yeah like literally like putting on your face getting dressed going all out, right. like everything like me putting on the mask of everything's great versus yeah. like what you really want to do is n- not put your makeup on and not get dressed and not do anything with your hair. You want to. And just so bell
1: it. rings. Can I just drink every time I agree with
3: you? Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah hasn't stopped drinking because all she does is agree with me because I'm brilliant. You keep this up. <laughs> she's
2: going to need a refill real soon. I know. <laughs> you need to. Do-
3: um, yeah. I'm going to go to the
2: loo. Excuse me.
3: Okay. So I will wait to talk about I, attachment, attachment styles. It's real, so, but it was the first book. My therapist, she met me in our and in our first
1: uh, session. Getting in the sound
3: effect. And she gave. Did she give you the book, or did she tell you to buy it? Well, she asked. Which she had a copy, but she's like, "I would, I need it back." She's like, "But there's a lot in it, kind of." Like, it's an interactive book. Like, there are little quizzes oh. and places you can write it. So she's like, you might just get more value out of having your own copy. Right. So that's what I did. That and it's sense. like a little Bible oh that God. you keep coming back to. And it's just, oh, my Lord. It's so me. Wow. I really want to check it out. It's really cool. So it's, it's called Attached? It's called Attached. And it's like a white cover with maybe, I can send you a picture of no. It's. Yeah, Could it's, I just buy this at Kohl's? Yeah. Like, I got it at Chapters. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Attached. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, it's it was literally, yeah, the first time she met me, <laughs> she, she was like, I think you'd really benefit from reading this book. <laughs> and, well, she, she was just like, I have a lot of clients who have read this and found it valuable. It's insightful in that you're like, holy shit, that's who I am. So, yeah. there are three attachment styles. So, there's Secure, which is like the goal of how you you would like to be secure in the way you form it. So it's the way you form attachments with people. um, And it can be friendships. It can be like the – it started from – um Babies. Yeah, from babies, from like the psychology of how children form attachments with their mothers and that that can shape a lot of your – the way you form attachments. And it doesn't mean you can't change your attachment style – But it does shape the way that you form attachments with other people. And friendships can for sure be in that. But obviously everything in like an intimate romantic relationship is just like heightened so much. It's just exaggerated so much because there's so many more emotions at play. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So there are three attachment styles. There's secure and anxious and avoidant. And so I'm anxious. and. There, like it talks about like the characteristics of someone who forms anxious attachments then it talks about kind of how you react in situations if you feel like your attachment is threatened your um oh what are they your protest behaviors so it's essentially like if you feel like your attachment is threatened you'll causes like a physical reaction in you that you will just do anything to try and preserve that attachment that's you'll, yeah like you'll so that's the like the texting all the time or the calling all the or is it the like the giving you the cold shoulder because you want somebody to come to you is it whatever there's like a whole array of things that are like the protest behavior for somebody who is an anxious person when they form attachments avoidant people tend to be incredibly independent and what where they can have protest behavior when they feel like their independence is threatened. So if they feel like being in a relationship might threaten their alone time or their time to do their own thing, it may never, you may never, ever give off that vibe. But something, it's like getting too close causes them to to put up their their wall. And then they right. start getting into like the, oh, this is never going to work or like, oh, so there's like a, there's a whole but and then the secure person is literally like the balance between that. It's like they can be anxious but they can also like calm down and like let you do your thing and and
1: that's that's where a lot of people
3: want to want be. To be. But you and might- you can get there and it does like the last chapter is is about trying to to make the shift to being secure and there's a whole part Damn, I want to read this book. The overall philosophy is like the worst kind of a relationship is or the the most challenging kind of relationship is an anxious person and an avoidant person together because you're (sighs) polar opposites in the way you handle things that each ideally should be with somebody who's secure because that will create that balance that the anxious and avoidant you're just which I have for sure like the main Guys in my life have all been avoidance,
1: ding ding, same, yeah. yeah.
3: They avoid, and that causes me to overreact and go out of my way when I yeah. shouldn't and accept behavior that I shouldn't. And yeah, because I'm like, oh, this is so important, I need to like save this, you're so special. And
1: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh your
2: my gosh. emotions are like air rushing in to fill a vacuum.
3: That's exactly what it is. It's just yeah. like, poof, instantly. <sighs> this it just, they all come so quickly, and then you just, like, can't process them. It takes so, and so that's another, th- I learn along with, like, learning to choose my battles, it's like, it's like a baby. It's, like, self-soothing. Learning, how, like, when that happens, like, that rush of emotion happens, not needing to react externally, like, to try and get somebody's attention, and worry about that connection but just be able to like control it myself and have more Mm. control over my thoughts and my emotions myself rather than letting them control me but it's oh it's deep girl that's so it's it it, it
1: speaks so deeply to me because i'm i'm such that person too like i'm as soon as something happens to me like i have to get it out like i have to call somebody i have to rant i have to do a social media post
3: like like you know it comes in various ways Mm -hmm. And I so fucked I for sure for me, I see it like I can see it my whole life. And for me, it's not necessarily my I don't know. Maybe it is. But um, like so I'm an only child. I'm the only grandchild on both sides. That makes oh, two really? of us, dear. Oh, mm-hmm. so like so me people I find with siblings don't totally get. I grew up <clears throat> like I'm really close with my parents and I grew up recognizing like the importance of a really strong like support system so like the person that you choose like to marry and your friends and having like those people around you is really important like when you know you're going through like your parents are like my mom is an only child as well so like when you and her parents are sick and going through all that kind of stuff like my dad was great and I'm there for her and her friends are there for so it's so important so I have always really valued the relationships in my life like my friendships for yeah and I being a kid and like being young and like being in junior high and junior high girls are awful and and the worst they're the worst worst and I remember like going through like doing things that I like being a bitch when I'm like I'm not a bitch but doing things because that's what like Somebody else was do, like picking on somebody that wasn't going to be picked on. Or if I was feeling like I was being picked on, then like doing my best to try and like smooth it over and worrying about it. And because I needed to like protect that friendship. Cause yeah. So I can, I can see how in all kinds of relationships in my life that I'm very anxious in not wanting to lose those connections because they're important to me. Mm-hmm. As I get older, <clears throat> I think I'm really fortunate. In the friends that I have that are my it's like a quality over quantity. Yes. The quality people are the ones that are still like are there in my life and I'm not as worried about that, but then the romantic relationship, that's a whole,
1: whole other thing. Another kettle
3: of fish. Still very yeah. And my therapist said that yeah, I just I feel like everybody on earth should be able to have access to a therapist like you have access to gps like for your physical health and physical checkups i feel like everybody should have access to ding ding yeah i just oh my god it's so an, want... an important thing so pricey though it's it's insane it's 180 dollars yeah. an hour it's outrageous thank god for health insurance. but like if you if you didn't, that's insane like there's no way somebody can pay for that like it's yeah. outrageous but like my medication for my colitis is like ten thousand dollars every six weeks like it's holy shit yeah that's insane yeah like it's out it's so outrageous. you really
1: like you're in a, in a situation where you can't not have benefits right with that right high cost right holy shit ten thousand dollars
3: yeah a month every six weeks and that's just like so <laughs> burn's mouth hasn't even come <laughs> out of <laughs> Yeah, isn't that it's crazy? Like somewhere in that vicinity. That's so that's my like the Remicade. So that's it's a biologic. So I have to go to a clinic every six weeks and get it through intravenous for like oh, three hours or something. Oh shit. And so that's not even like I also take like a daily immune system suppressant at, which is like, I don't know, like six hundred bucks every three months or something. and Girl, then, your
2: guts cost you almost $90,000 a year. you so high maintenance. You have a very expensive <laughs> tummy. I
1: you know, do. I'm really high maintenance. Oh my God. When I did know. you get diagnosed with that?
3: Just over four years ago. So somewhat recently. Mm-hmm.
2: What and does maintenance mode feel like? Mm. If you're not having like...
3: An- I have not been in remission yet. So remission would be... Yeah, it's just you have been non-symptomatic for, like, an extended period of time. Like, at least probably, like, six months-ish. You have been – it's been at an an even keel kind of thing. And you're not – like, when it's – bad. oh, it gets bad. And for sure, looking back, like, I mean, I've had, like, stomach issues my whole life. And I've tried, like, elimination diets and I thought, like, I had – like irritable bowel syndrome forever and because nothing was showing up in my blood work and which is so this is super so finally when I was diagnosed like it it, there's like a marker for inflammation in your blood work and so that finally was elevated so that along with like my symptoms and stuff like my GP knew that this is what it is so then she sent it like me on to the GI clinic but interestingly enough so this past winter I got Symptomatic, So I was getting this Remicade every eight weeks. Um, So it had to get shortened because there's – they test the levels in your blood because they don't want you to build up an immunity to it, right? So you have to maintain a certain level of the medication in your bloodstream so that you're not – if it gets too low, then you have more of a risk of building up antibodies to it, like, mm. too quickly. So anyways, so when I got really symptomatic and I was, like, having bleeding, like, I went, like, zero to 60 really quickly – So I got blood work and my blood work was totally fine. But there's this other test that they can do um, that looks at like the protein that's in your your bowels and this calprotectin protein. And when it's really elevated, it's it's a sign that there is inflammation and there's active disease. So it's really great that this exists now because for years there were people who were not officially diagnosed because nothing was coming up in their right. blood work. And they were like, but this is happening. And like, so now they have this other test that's been around like, I don't know, relatively recently, I suppose, that is a, a more accurate way of, of showing that. Because I guess when something comes up in your blood work, like that's sort of. It's really gotten to an extreme point when it's finally showing up in your blood. But it can happen. But you can... There's a lot of other ways that can... That's crazy. Yeah. So it's... Holy crap. It's been... Yeah. So it's been like a long... It's been a long haul. It's been... And it like... It just impacts... It impacts your social life. It impacts... And then again, like my relationship that I was in at the time, like I I lost my grandfather like, two days before I was diagnosed, or three days before I was diagnosed, and my grandfather was, like, my guy, we had the same birthday, we, he was just, oh, he was just my love, he was just, yeah, so that was the most awful thing, and he, (laughs) so, yeah, my, my boyfriend at the time, like, the the epitome of, like, some, again, he's not a bad person, He's not a bad person. He's just very selfish. Like, the night that my grandfather passed away, we were going to go to a a Mooseheads game, which I canceled with friends because I obviously was not up for going. And he was like, oh, well, since we're not going to the Mooseheads game, like, is it cool if I go play hockey with some buddies? And I was like,
2: I'm sorry. When you say he's not a bad person, (laughs) he's just selfish. Can you – can you – Elaborate. Define what a bad person is. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that <laughs> would seem to be like a, a level of selfishness beyond which you just automatically are a bad person. I think you're being far too generous. he, so he mm. came back that night. That's some fucking bullshit. He came mm. back that night mm-hmm. with a
3: rose, and he said that he wanted to leave to play hockey so that he could like get me this rose. And I said, I was like, you could have just said, "I'm going to go to the store and get something for supper." Or, or Bullshit. Something, he you know? wanted to go to the
1: hockey game <laughs> selfishly, mm-hmm. he did. He then d- did you let on to him at all that you were displeased with that?
3: Because so, this is the thing I was so I mean, I, mean, I was so drained emotionally so that night. I literally, there if it had been like something else, I probably would have really cared, but honest to god, that night I did. If I had said, no, like, I want you to stay, he would have stayed and he would have been cranky and resentful. And I was just, whatever.
2: Yeah. Like How long before you cut things off?
3: So after that, um, it would have been less than six months. He said to me, we had an argument or whatever. And he said to me, "Like I'm sure in the argument or some... Like, being super emotional, I brought up kind of all this stuff. I was like, well, I'm incredibly emotional. Like, I lost my grandfather. I'm sick. Like, I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. And he was like, I think you're using your grandfather's death as a crutch.
2: A crutch for what?
3: Being too emotional. Being, yeah. As an
2: excuse Mm -hmm. for your continuing to be emotional.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, my God. He
3: can go fuck himself. That was the worst thing. Holy fuck. Not the worst thing I've had said to me. The worst thing he ever said to me. So it was less than a year after that.
2: Did you think he was being helpful or profound in some way? Did you I, get that sense?
3: So I've had somebody say, to, <laughs> like my most recent boyfriend said, um, has like called me crazy. Like I've been super with him about my anxiety and my health in general and stuff and my worries about colitis and my worries about ever having to have surgery. And because I've had those conversations with my doctors. Like it's been a real thing. Like I've burned through medications that are – work for some people and I'm I'm certainly not the only one. <laughs> this woman in the waiting room one time. Oh my god. It was unreal. Like she was taking some kind of medication that was helped. nothing worked for her for years. Mm. And she was finally taking some kind of medication that gave her relief. I can't remember if she had Crohn's or colitis. They're very similar anyway. Um that gave her some relief from the symptoms, but it caused her to have seizures, so she couldn't uh. take it like this woman had been through it um so I always try and like put it in perspective but for me in my life this has been a huge thing and really tough to like figure out and so I've been really I tried to take like a different approach with this new boyfriend and like talk to him about hey like these are the things that are up this is what's going on with me like if this is not what you want to get into a relationship with cool like you let me know like It it doesn't define me. It's not who I am. But they're just it's your reality. It's my reality. Yeah, it's life right now. So, and he was like, nope. And he said all the right things and blah blah blah. And then when it like reached a point again multiple times, and he would like run away, and that would cause me like stop running away and my anxiety like. (sighs) Oh, it's like you're crazy. It's such you're a fucking find game. You're anybody who wants to be with you. Like you're nuts. You're you are nuts you you got to like work out your shit before you can be. with Did they yet. say he say that? Mm-hmm. Shut up. Oh,
2: he just yeah. can't handle it. He that's why he's trying to make you feel like you're do, you're I it's undateable
3: and unlovable. Like he made me feel so small. Mm. And like it got to the point. The last time that I spoke to him was like another like blow up thing. And I, I was like, "Look, I'm, I'm good enough at beating myself up. Like, I don't need you to do it. Like, you can mm-hmm. stop." because like, that that's my heart. All, it was, and it was like it was, there was so much like gaslighting. Like, I didn't know he would. Like, this that's stuff, exactly
1: what it is. It yeah, is because
3: I would ask, like, I tried I and talk about my needs and like my love languages, and and I was like, "Look, like, I really need like physical affection, and I need." Like, to hear nice things. Like, it doesn't mean all the time, but... So, I tried to adjust. Like, I know that he was showing love through, like, mowing the lawn or cooking dinner and doing these kinds of things and... Service. And, yeah, like, and I really appreciate that stuff, but I'm still always going to need the things that I need. But I tried to talk about it, and he was just, like, like, just stonewalled Mm. about it. I would say, like, hey, can we... Like just like put your arms around me if we were cuddling on the couch and he wouldn't, and then I'd be like, "Can you just put your and put your arms around me?" And he wouldn't. I'm like, "Oh my god, why is it such a big deal? Can't you?" So then these are how arguments would happen because he would like. I'm like, "Why are you being stubborn about this? What is there to be stubborn?"
2: I think that it's an unfortunate, um, it's an unfortunate scenario that you haven't met the right person for whom the two of you these things would just flow together and you wouldn't need to analyze or or
1: ask for it even yeah
2: it just it it it, when it's a good match the language is already being spoken so you don't need to say here's the rosetta stone of my feelings (laughs) That's fucking get on board and he Um, still didn't because there's (laughs)
1: nothing worse than having to explain yourself like that with simple things that you want. Simple fucking things that you want you shouldn't have to explain. They should be evident. You shouldn't have to draw them a Venn diagram for it. (laughs) No. And you can just say
3: like, oh, I'm just not an affectionate person. I don't... What does that mean?
2: It's when you went out to Staples and got a whiteboard and a few markers so you you could illustrate.
3: Do you think that that's just
1: genuinely what he's... That he is just not an affectionate... Like, this is where... It's too bad you couldn't meet like an ex-girlfriend of his to ask, compare notes. I know.
3: So I asked... as far as I know, there was only like one serious girlfriend in his life, kind of like before me. Um, and from what I kind of like his friend described it to me, one when his friend, oh, he's so lovely. He's like the kindest soul. He's a fucking mess just in life. Like he's a he's the most unmade unmotivated human being I have ever met in my life. But like a heart of gold, he's lovely to talk to and he was he has been like so patient with me there random times like I've gone over the like at t- different points in time when I'd gone over there and like and the guy like my boyfriend wasn't home and and his roommate was and I and he would just talk to me and like talk to me about stuff and and like I'm like you know, I love I, it when the friends don't are nice tell, like don't tell him I was saying this he's like oh my god no he was like yeah I really didn't if this made me uncomfortable he's like i wouldn't participate he's like no like don't worry about that yeah so he said the like the last relationship he described it compared it to like his like last really serious relationship and said it was essentially like a high school relationship that shouldn't have continued but just did
2: and so that contributed to him not growing up
3: and that's that's exactly what he's like i don't think anybody has ever challenged him on any of this stuff before. Like, he's just gotten away with it. And he has Mm. also, to his defense, had to be very self-sufficient his entire life. Like, he has not lived at home since he was 14. There's been a lot of shit that's happened in his life, for sure. And he's had to, like, take care of himself and be totally reliant on himself and i know that i cannot fully appreciate that because i've always had like my family If shit totally hits the fan i know like my family's there right i and i know that i'm fortunate to have that so i don't i cannot totally understand how he feels but it has caused such a wall to be up and like a perceptions of things to be so skewed that it's I don't know how mm. he comes out of it and he doesn't see it at all. Like he doesn't see anything wrong with his behavior. He thinks like his reactions to me, it's well, I shouldn't have done what I did, and then he wouldn't have reacted the way that he oh, did. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't take ownership for it. No. Out, oh, fuck. And that uh, he ignored me because I did this thing. Right. Like I overwhelmed him. And like if I hadn't have done that, then he wouldn't have had to ignore me.
2: So it's like a causality loop.
3: Right. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. This makes me not miss relationships. It's nauseating. Well, and so again, my therapist, because I like, I do. Then I like worry about, oh my God, is there something wrong with me? And my, like, my therapist said, she's like, I don't, she's like, Catherine, like, you're not crazy. You keep choosing guys who are bringing out the anxiety in you. And that I was just going to ask you,
2: actually, and, and this will get to exactly your therapist's point, how are you ending up with these specific people? Yeah, that's um, a good question. But, but uh, I want to get there by asking you, like, where where is this person from? Just geographically, where is he from?
3: He's from Coal Harbor.
2: From Coal Harbor, okay. And what did his parents do for a living, just roughly, like, what kind of sector?
3: Um, I don't believe his mom worked. So um, he had a stay-at-home mom? Yes, who was... In, not a great parent. Okay. In so she didn't every want to way. be a
2: stay-at-home mom. Maybe uh, didn't even want to be a mom.
3: Right. I don't. I can't obviously be. can't say like she has passed away. Like it's been very uh. dramatic. Um, Siblings. One brother who is a drug addict and a mess. And Older or younger? Younger.
2: Younger. Um. So he's the big brother, but he's kind of a loser, so his younger brother didn't have anybody, like, stable to look up to, and the dad's probably a bit of a loser, too. He, he's by no means going to be an exemplary human being, I can tell you that right now. So
3: his dad now is, like, has been in another relationship, like, for a long time and has, a, like, a daughter in that relationship, and I feel like that relationship and that little family unit... It's very different than like yeah. what huh. he would have done. Second been time
2: in around and got things right. Damn. Hearing my couple of reject sons. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm now he like get that. talks
3: to them. Oh. And he, you know, like he's. It's not that he's not in their life, but like he kicked him out when he was 14 and stuff. And okay.
2: So and did he go to university?
3: No, he dropped out of high school, so he has a GED. Okay. Because he dropped out and like lived on his own and. Got an older friend to sign a lease for him and his other fourteen-year-old friend who got kicked out of home. Is he a tradesperson
2: at a, after a certain point?
3: He is um, like a, a technician, but he has no edu- formal education beyond the GED.
2: Okay. Given a hundred men, he would be very close to the bottom of the list of men that I would choose for you. I would choose somebody who probably comes from a more affluent background, by which I mean their parents could afford to enrich their lives because you clearly are, you're very articulate, mm. you um, you are really good at analyzing situations, so you can't have somebody who has like a baseline understanding mm. of the world around them. They need to understand, they need to have some depth.
1: They need to understand complexity.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I—I that's where I would kind of start looking um, and then from there i mean the rest of it would kind of just unfold but i would say i'm looking at this person's background and i'm going no 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 that's wrong for you
1: and that's not to say
2: that that's a bad person no no it's just necessarily for
1: you yeah like you got your shit together girl you got a host you got a good job you, you got need good a friends sexy Funky, like,
2: sensitive <laughs> new age guy
1: <laughs> sensitive
3: yes the, yeah. i think
1: sensitive would be key yeah.
3: i feel like There's some element of like masculinity that these guys are giving off to me, which I'm I'm perceiving like it's a false sense of masculinity because what I truly believe are signs of a strong man are not at all what these guys like. I think running away is weak. I think not being able to stay. It's, you know, so how they're actually acting is not how I would define a strong man.
2: But Um, you like a challenge, don't you?
3: I do, yeah. And then I, because you're a giver. I am a giver, and you're then a I also, giver. and I also like.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
3: Vern. God, Vern. <laughs> um, I also feel like I see the good in people too, and I feel Ugh, like I'm me not, too. and I want to see the good in people. And I, it's it's tough because I I do believe that I'm not wrong about these guys. I do believe that these guys have good hearts. Ultimately, they do. But I'm spending too much of my time and my emotional energy and physical energy on trying to bring that out because it's not trying to change them. It's like I've seen this. Like if I never saw it at all, then I wouldn't. But I see these like really like beautiful pieces of them and their hearts and the kind of person that. Is in them.
2: Yeah, the thing that requires nurturing. Yeah. So you're a nurturer. Uh, I full yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And, I, and I gotta say, if you were invoicing them
1: <laughs> Yes yeah. If you were invoicing them for emotional labor, you would be rich, way right? Too, now.
3: Way too way way too fucking rich. You'd be loaded. I would be like looking for new places to spend my You mind. would already have a horse. I would you would have, have several horses. I would own a, <laughs> a ranch stable in Napa Valley <laughs> n- next to my vineyard. <laughs> like vineyard. That would, oh, fuck, that would be my dream life. Yeah.
1: We really should start invoicing for all the emotional labor we get off. So.
3: I, I mean, it's $180 an hour. Do you find
1: relationships with males outside of romantic, like like male friendships? So do you this, find that you have similar problems or no? So
3: this, not at all. Interesting. this It is. And it's interesting. And then this kind of come I don't know if this is like a full, but coming back to like the feeling undateable or unlovable, it's. So, like, in high school, I was not, like, never, like, the girl who, like, all oh, the guys wanted and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think for a long time in, like, my early 20s, I, like, you know, had casual sex and what, and I think I, and then I qu- started equating, like, sex with love or with attraction. Like, oh, if somebody wants to sleep with me, they're, like, they're attracted to me. Like, that means I'm attractive. And though they want to, like, do that more than once, like, oh, that really. That, that, I must that, be awesome. Right which yeah. is ridiculous guys will sleep with anybody like that's yeah. not that's not a as and in no <laughs> way it should have any bearing on how you see yourself so it's then evolving sort of from that it's like somebody who shows interest in me beyond just like a friendship mm. and, and like as saw me like at like a week time maybe so like my the the longer term boyfriend like a four years that we like lived together and stuff he Like he was there and he was so easy to talk to from the very beginning and he really like and he like came to Newfoundland to visit me that summer because I was like living with my parents and he like went out of his way a little bit for me and he also liked me at a time in my life when I felt like the most unattractive and that's when he like that's when we met and that's when he continued to like me and so I felt like that meant something like oh he liked me at this time in my life when I felt the most insecure Mm. I've probably ever felt so I should like stay with that or I should stay with him so it's like any guy who like sort of shows interest in me in particular if it's in a little bit of like a weak moment for me I think that somehow then creates like the foundation for me to like move forward with them. I'm not stepping back and analyzing. Is this person somebody who I should get into a relationship You're just liking She's the
1: fact like, that they're giving you the attention. And I'm just going with You're it. You're Marilyn Monroeing it. Well,
3: What's the quote? Really <laughs> What's that the quote? Really no, there's a
1: quote that's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, or yeah. whatever it is, right. which
3: I believe is true. Like if somebody, yeah. wants- but that's th- that's his last boyfriend. At my really difficult moments, he would run away. And I talked to him about how hurtful that was and how... The most
1: recent boyfriend. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. I talk, how hurtful that is. Please don't do this. Like, I need you to not do that if you want to talk. To, I want to be respectful. And he would just, like, shut it down before it even happened. Like, oh, you say you want to be respectful of my my time, but in the moment, you never would be. So I'm like, that's not even fair. Like, you're not even giving me a chance to, to try what I'm suggesting. You're just telling me right now that it wouldn't work that I wouldn't be able to do it frankly he just sounds
2: dull because if he didn't know that he wanted somebody he didn't have to put that much energy into then he should have long ago picked up his bags and walked out but he was like waiting for you to be as worn down as you possibly could be to take full responsibility for it because you know he needs a woman to do that for him because he's a fucking loser
1: Uh, He probably.
2: I'm sorry he's a horrible person he, They're all horrible.
0: Yeah. And,
3: he, <laughs> and the so the, these two guys who were like the most, the, the one that was like the on and off for five years, he for sure, he cheated on me. Like the one that was way older than me. Right. Was like, that was a, a relationship that for sure I felt like a shift in me in the sense of my, I think how naive I am. Because I just remember the feeling when I first realized that he had cheated on me. It was like an out of body experience. I'm like, people don't do this in real life. This is like what you fucking see in movies. People don't do like I had never none of my friends had experienced it. My parents were still together like that. I had never, ever experienced this. It was like the most surreal thing for me. But the last like but the two like really serious boyfriends, they both felt that. So they would say like, oh, look, of course, I want to be with you. Of course, I want this to work. I'm here, aren't I? So they, which then, from that, I would, like, conclude, your mere presence supposed is your to be effort. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they, I think, they as actually what they be- believed. That, oh, I'm here. My body's here. So, that should be shouldn't enough. that, isn't that enough for you?
2: I'm perfect. And as long as you can control yourself, then everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And would say this, like... So the last boyfriend, I remember trying to talk to him at different points in time. Like, what are like things that you feel like you need to work on? Like communication for sure is the thing you need to work on. Me too. You know, and and he would like, why are you so focused on that? Like, why do you want me to like, well, it's just, you know, like a a human thing. Like we can grow together. What are things like you need? Communication is something I feel like we both could work on together. But he would never, ever say but he would say well I'm not perfect I never said I was perfect but it would never name anything Mm. ever and even his friend like the roommate who's lovely like flat out called him like a very like I remember the very first thing he said like my I kind of had tears in my eyes and he just said he's very difficult was like I think one of the first when like because we had like two really good conversations about the relationship and that was the very first sentence that he ever said and then i had said that to him at different points in time like like you're stubborn you're difficult no i'm not he's probably no, a I'm taurus not. what's that he's probably a taurus he is a pisces <laughs> and the other one was a cancer i know you're a pisces are you
1: <laughs> them water signs they difficult <laughs> but if we emotional as
3: fuck and like, and that's the other <laughs> thing. It's like I know that this stuff is hard on these guys. Like I can tell, like it's draining on them. Obviously, it is. Like it's, but they just don't know how to process it and like step up enough to even say, like I don't, I don't know what to do here, but I'm here. That's like
1: even admitting that they don't know what to do.
3: That's fine. Like I'm not expecting someone to fix me or like make me never feel anxious ever again in my life like but i'm i'm asking you to do when these situations happen this is what i'm asking i remember one time oh my god he is not a good person when i like start saying it all together and (laughs) now you're starting to realize (laughs) there is one time that again he was like having this we were having and he was trying to leave and i was trying to just get him to like stay for and i was honest to god on the verge of a panic attack because it also happened like that like it happened so quick And oh my God, like I couldn't catch my breath. And he was just trying to get out of the house. I'm like, can you please just sit with me on the couch for a minute? Like, we don't have to talk. Like, I just need to to try to calm down for a minute and just get grounded for a second. Can you? He wouldn't. He would not even sit on the couch with me. And I I was like, you can sit on the other side of the couch. Just please, can we just calm down for a minute? You can still leave if you need. But can we just calm for just a minute? and he would not would not just and, do, just, and he just left. left just left
2: oh, that's probably for the best the only way you make two celery sticks out of one is by breaking them in half <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any idea what that was. I just kept looking at this green screen behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Now
3: I want celery. (laughs) Where are the finger foods? I really do love celery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Anyways, I know I've talked a lot. No, that's a lot
1: of shit to deal with.
3: That's a lot of crap. And I'm a pretty introspective person, so I really try to not... Like, I I don't ever look at myself and think, oh, I'm perfect. There's not... I know there are, of course, things, but I know my strengths, too. Like, I know I have a big heart, and I know how much love that I have to give and want to give in a relationship, and, and I know, yeah, like, that I have a great family and friends, a great support system, I'm educated, Mm. I have, like, a good job, you know, I have a master's degree, I have my education, like, I have a great job, I have a dog, I have, I'm open I'm willing I like want to yeah. I'm happy to work on stuff I'm not you know like someone that's gonna write you off quickly you know but like so it's just never like, yeah I, keep, I don't I don't, I don't.
2: know can I be a man for a second please god yes. okay okay <laughs> so this I get accused of being too like trying too hard to fix people when they talk to me but I feel like I've got a good sense of what's going on you're too patient with these men
3: That's, yes. You're
2: way too patient. And possibly, I'm going to employ some of my ESP here, Miss Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) My ESPN? ESPN. Very psychic. ESPN. My (laughs)
3: boss said, there's a 90% chance it's already raining.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You, um, You were probably, if there is such a thing as a previous life, you were probably in some sort of like wildlife refuge or something you're rescuing like or a nurse you know like it's all right you know maybe just one more defibrillation on the (laughs) ferret and he'll make it through
1: (laughs) I can see that too and I want to go back I want to go back to Vern's first question because he first asked how they how they get in your life so what I want to know is yeah where did where okay where'd you drum up all these
2: assholes
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Let's simplify the question. When you're when you're in situations, what draws you to somebody?
3: So I think while I have absolutely no and I do online dating and I have like a various I think there's still a part of me that's like, "Oh, I wish there was like a story about how I met somebody." So these guys are I that I've been like in relationships with, I've always met in some organic random way. So the cable
1: guy, right?
3: Yep, the cable guy. So that was the last relationship is that he was the cable guy. And yeah, and that was yeah, he like installed my
2: Yes, he did. <laughs>
3: <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it didn't work the next day. Co-qui- co-qui- co- That's how co- you know wait. you do right. I know. right. <laughs> and then he came back. To fix it. Did uh, you break and, it purposely? I swear to God I did not. <laughs> I swear honest to God. I've mean, had so many people ask me that. And they're like, no, he did it. He definitely did it. He didn't fix it for sure. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> probably. So probably. So Organic. that's so I met him in like a random way. The la, the other boyfriend we met in Mexico in a very like serendipitous situation.
1: Whoa! We
3: both had friends who worked for his company at the at the time. That if you met like a certain sales point, you kind of your name went in for a draw, and to get this like vacation, essentially. I mean, it's a it's a big company. Um, would get this vacation like for free. And you could bring a guest and all the guests had to do was pay the taxes. So my friend won this and asked me to go with her. And then, and she lived in Halifax and his friend, so he was from St. John, New Brunswick. And so his friend won and asked him to go. Whoa!
1: That's fucked! Yeah. And, and you happened to meet at the same, like, was it a resor- resort? In Mexico. Mm-hmm. And you
3: happened to meet. Yeah.
1: That's- because
3: though, his friend and my friend had worked together on, like, some kind of virtual team or whatever. And she knew that he was a redhead, like, the guy she'd worked with. So she's like, oh, like, I want – I know he's here. I wanted to say hi to him. I've never met him in person. Right. So the first night we were there, we're like, oh, like, let's go find him. And we saw him and found him. And she's like, oh, like, I'm so-and-so. And, and his friend was with – and I just remember – oh, my God. Like, like – Oh, my God, he's so gorgeous. And I remember exactly what he was wearing, and he was so handsome. And anyway, and yeah, so that was – and we spent the whole – and then he, like, came to our door the next night and asked me to hang out. And we had, like, just, like, the best conversation. It was so easy to talk. We got along. Like, it was – yeah, the conversation Yeah, so it was always just very – Cool. And then the other guy that was on and off for five years, he worked at a brewery, and I was on a brewery tour, and that's how I met him. Keith? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. And... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh, that was so ASMR. Awesomeness. So that's how I met him. The guy before that from Newfoundland um, I met because I was working at a call center and a girl and, and myself both got off. It was like 10 o'clock at night and we were just like, we really want pizza. Went to get pizza. This guy and like two of his friends were there and I know it's obviously he was so tall and we we're sitting down like eating our pizza and he like, looked over, he's like, hey, can I, like, ask you guys something? He's like, how old do you think, like, this guy is? And, like, pointed to his friend. And, he went, it was his friend's birthday. So, we, like, guessed about his friend. And then he invited me, like, to come to his soccer game, like, the next day. And so, I went to his soccer game, and then... You're like we a lighthouse. <laughs> so, I heard this analogy.
1: I have, like, a lot of female friends in my life that people just... This- type of thing just happens to them like they just meet people
3: but they want to have them with good guys They're light, lighthouses.
1: yeah that's true but at least you're meeting people I, I have situations like that and it's so just like it's just gone it's just bye um but like there's lighthouses and, <laughs> and then, then there's the rocks and then there's people like me who are Bermuda Triangles <laughs>
3: <laughs> shit just gets lost in here that's
1: crazy to me wow it's Okay, hey, so yeah. question.
2: Yes. So the dude that you had a really long conversation with at the resort. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. It's kind of selfish. <laughs> it's because I feel like I have this thing where I talk to so many people all day long, and it's my my it's my it's obligatory that I have to kind of like mold myself around them mm-hmm. a little bit so that the interaction is easy and fun and. Yeah, and so I'm constantly You're yeah. yeah, and so but I run the risk of not knowing what if I've turned it off.
3: What's your true north? Exactly. Like who is Vern? Yeah, but I like when I relax. like all of those Verns, mm-hmm.
2: and and the, all those Verns are you know like yeah, you know and I'm not
3: vastly different, but they're they're different.
2: So I'm never sure when I'm talking to a guy if I'm making it easy for him. Yeah. So when you're having thought- this conversation with him and everything's going easy, mm-hmm. how do you know if, you know, he's just one way and you're just good at molding around him?
3: So I, that's an incredible question. And I have not, I've thought, not thought about it like from that, in that specific context of that question. I, but I feel I can, I've been in that vein uh, where I've noticed, as far as a conversationalist is concerned, I am an engaging conversationalist. So I ask open-ended questions. I probe I about things that they are talking about, things they're interested in. And so I have noticed that these guys, that when it's going, it's because I'm doing that and you're leading that let's be honest yeah. you're leading that and it's not yeah. disingenuine because if if i'm interested in somebody like then i want to learn about whatever but it's never reciprocated
2: somebody better hit that <laughs> bell
3: and that i had not noticed until like again the like the most recent i noticed it with like the guy before that i'd felt it a bit for sure but the most recent guy i genuinely what I, it felt like pulling teeth. I would ask about like, oh, how's your family? How, like his Mm. dad got an accident. How's your dad doing? Or how's your friend? Or how's so-and-so? What's up with this? How was work? He may ask like, how was your day? But never like, how, how's your friend? How's your, like, you know, like, oh, you got up with Megan and like, you hadn't seen Sarah in a while, right? Like how that, like, I could have talked about it, but he would never ask ever task like there was never and i feel like
1: what comes with being a good like you guys being good conversationalists you can walk away maybe sometimes and go that was a really great conversation
0: but why
1: but then you don't always think well wait a second they didn't ask me anything was that really good maybe not as good as. but i mean
2: i enjoyed myself in the process yeah yeah. but i at some point i you know like i'm i'm currently unaware of that part of me that's unfulfilled because i've got you know so much enjoyment out of bringing them out of them but i I will at some point realize that i'm unfulfilled and then i'll wonder why that is and then it turns out that i'm way more into them than they're into me Mm. they're into themselves and they're not capable of being into me we're, and they they're letting me into their lives because i'm i'm into you're, them
1: you're, you're, you're and you're asking there. them you're questions digging. about them yep yeah. and that's such a huge thing
2: but i feel like we're fed that too yeah about
3: to be like you know you need to ask people about themselves don't be selfish yeah. don't be like self and only talk about yourself so i think that's become a thing as well a little bit particularly if you're interested you're so hyper aware of what you're doing that you want to be engaging and show interest and so it's not just about Mm -hmm. having a conversation about that topic it's what what it means to have a conversation but it means you're engaging it means you're showing interest it means you're you have the opportunity you know like oh touch them on the shoulder when you laugh like all the little things the body language things the like social cues that come with showing you're interested as well like it's the whole picture and then you get lost in that you just keep doing that and again it's not that you're not interested in them but you're just like hey can you be interested in me too yeah want to ask about me and then I, oh this is i feel like they did in the beginning that's the other thing <laughs> yeah i feel like Maybe not. And I'm not saying that there were not like red flags at the beginning or things that I should have, that I saw, but maybe didn't give enough heed to, like, or, you know, Mm. like kind of heal a little bit more and yield Mm -hmm. to think, okay, let me pause here and like see what this actually is. Like I saw it, but I, no, because your vagina was
2: like, no, 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 we're getting this done.
3: Right. The vagina filter. They have a penis and I have a vagina. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting to me because I'm in a current situation where I do have someone who's very attentive to my life and asks me a thousand questions. Unlike any other guy that I've Mm. and I ask back, but I don't get a lot. He it's almost the other extreme. It's the I don't want to talk about me and I only want to talk about you. And that's kind of sketchy too.
3: And he won't open up? Um, every now and then. Okay. Just not as much. It's not equal. Okay. You are more open than he is. Yeah. And it's,
1: it's very attentive. And very detailed in those questions and But
2: it's it's like still not reciprocal. No. It it cannot flow both ways, which is you're right, it's the same problem. So like you no, know,
1: if he asks a question and then I answer and and then I ask it back. To, you know, make a conversation. Right. And actually genuinely learn more. Yeah. It's, it's very one-word answer. Or, oh, you wouldn't
3: find it interesting. Anyways, tell me about that. So has he Sorry. maybe had a lot of people who have not asked him questions before?
2: Or Maybe he's tired of answering questions. Or that. That's, I think
3: that that's more that one. Yeah. So like the nature of his life, he's tired of answering questions? I think like so. does he talk to people a lot?
1: I think it's the nature of the life. Okay yeah for sure okay so
3: i've kind of just i've kind of just embraced it to be honest and i'm
1: like i'm enjoying this attention because not not many guys in the past have done it
3: well he can't say that he doesn't know that you're you are interested Mm -hmm. you know unless he's completely obtuse and just not he he couldn't deny that you're asking the questions that you're showing the interest Yep. you know if he's just mentally, ex- physically exhausted or just can't talk anymore for whatever the reason. Yeah. Is he though, like, filing that away? That, oh, but Sarah Sarah shows interest. You know, so oh, I'm showing interest to her. Yep, she shows interest to me too.
2: I feel like you Check. could get on with this fine if he would just say I don't want to talk about yeah, me. Is that okay with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he could acknowledge it, then yeah. you could move on. But you know what we're trying to do here? Is we're all trying to Justify. roast a chicken. but every time we go to the grocery store they only have chicken breasts on sale one week and then the next week we go and they only have drumsticks on sale but no chicken breasts and we just want a goddamn whole chicken chicken. (laughs) am I gonna make a chicken out of utility parts like come on
3: (laughs) that's a grill. Take Frankenstein fucking chicken i take a turkey I don't care Anything that's whole. <laughs> that's, that's a right. fucking great analogy
1: It's like they can never Check all the boxes Exactly That is super and, and like you know Like I've had I've had really good Sexual relationships Where I'm like Well I don't want To fucking talk to you um, I've had Really good friendships Where I'm like Well I'm never going To want to fuck ties. you <laughs> 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 But like They got to check All these things And and I And I think like The other part too Is like People around you can tend to make you feel like you're being too pecky. Yep. And that's a huge thing.
3: And we, we feel like we're also told well, you can't have everything. Oh my god, I, you took words. I hate that. I it's hate that. I hate that. Like, oh well, you have to compromise. You have to sacrifice something. So yeah. we're also like, okay, well, where can can we have the great sex life, but we can't really talk? Or can we talk, but maybe sex is so like We there's something that's gonna give.
2: Come on, cat, have boundaries.
3: Right, yes. Yeah. Go fuck yourself.
2: (laughs) I want the whole goddamn chicken.
3: I want the whole chicken. The house smells
2: so good when you make a roast chicken.
3: Doesn't it? Like, you rub those spices in there. That's right. Oil it up.
2: Put some butter underneath the skin.
3: Butter! Oh, and you stuff it.
2: I'm going to baste you. Get, I'm going to baste you. Baste you all day long. Oh, fuck yeah.
3: Get I that really stuffing wanna, in
1: there. Really want chicken now. Oh, fuck. Like, so bad. Why is Thanksgiving over? <laughs> I have an idea. We're going to try to take it back to Positive Town. Yeah. Um,
3: oh. Let's go around the
1: circle and talk about who our ideal partner is.
3: That's a good question.
2: Okay. I yep. want to start for new start. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think with a certain margin of error that my partner is around my age, um, certain things matter less and less as I get older. So I used to describe people physically. It mm-hmm. turns out I'm not as attached to things like that anymore. Now I don't know if that's because I'm getting way more hella desperate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I used
2: to say they always had to be taller than me. They always had to be heavier than me. They had to have really nice teeth. They had, um, usually dark hair, blue eyes, um, and uh, the bearded. classic combo. Yeah. Although and- I
1: love me a root beer brown eye every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's I a need possessive
3: jeans. See, the thing is with brown yeah. eyes, I, I, feel like, I feel
1: like I feel like blue-eyed people are like always more genuine than brown-eyed. Well, dudes. it's
2: harder for them to hide stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's, like if you, if yeah, there's so much more. Anyways, yeah. To uh, where do where do you go from there? Um, so I would say they need to have a pretty secure career. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be educated and intelligent, but okay. that could be. Self-educated on any number of, you know, like yeah. I didn't go to university, and I'm, it
1: doesn't mean a degree. It just does. means intelligence.
3: Yeah. yeah, and you're interested in learning.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Like that doesn't just stop in life. Like you can take an interest in shit. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to like. I'm gonna learn Japanese, come hell or high water. But right. you're just, you my just
2: my worst nightmare line. is somebody who buys a recliner. Oh God! Like, I don't need. <laughs> To that has a fester in, in a basement um, and play video <laughs> games, and that's just like that's my worst nightmare. Um, I, I I want somebody who is open to learning new things, yeah, but willing to remain grounded in our relationship.
3: They don't always have to be searching for something. No, too.
2: and if there's something more that they need, I I can guarantee you I can provide it. I'm every fucking woman. Hallelujah,
1: preach it. So mm-hmm.
2: it, it, it's like there literally is no limit to what I'm willing to put into invest. a relationship where there's a solid foundation. Yeah, I mean, you, you totally know, if you're a that. whole chicken, I will give my life to you. you yeah, yep. for sure.
1: I think but. all of us are like that, actually, in this room. That's
3: but. so beautiful, but I feel like that's rare. People don't appreciate. People don't fucking appreciate. We are the unicorns of chickens. Yeah. We- <laughs> we- <laughs> I. That should be the we title. Are the unicorns <laughs> of whole chickens. <laughs> 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 fucking- Jesus Christ, we're
1: amazing. You want- so, are you? Do you want someone who um, you have a lot in common with, like in terms of interests and like? tastes and like you know media
3: i just opinions on this as i've (laughs) grown yeah yeah
2: Yeah. i just don't want somebody who's really into things that super turn me off
3: right yeah yeah
2: Yeah. so like i dated a guy who loved the tragically hip no offense to anyone who loves the tragically hip i just really don't like them for whatever reason (laughs) i can tell that they're talented musicians and i you know i'm I'm a card carrying canadian Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so something like that it's just like if 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 I'm triggered like that, it's a lot for me to get over. So, yeah, can't be into that. Um I don't I'm not into people who are into MMA. And any anybody who delights in other people's, you know, like violence towards each other. Now, yeah. I do watch the real housewives and you could consider that violence. That <laughs> emotional <laughs> violence.
0: Arguably the worst kind of MMA. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's like menopausal mar- martial
3: arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. I love that. make a show called that. That's a hashtag. <laughs> that's a MMA. <laughs> but I don't
2: yeah. know. Like and that M- maybe M- that's M- a that. bad example and like maybe there are certain, you know, proportions of things that override those things that maybe like I look into your eyes and I just fade away and I'm like, I don't care if you like Cord Towny. I really Yeah, don't I care. feel like
1: that it's like it's one of those things that's it's something you consider, but it might not matter if, if the guy's perfect In never other way. Right.
2: And if he hates Star Trek that's a bad sign. Oh,
1: oh, you okay,
2: Sandra. If you're listening, I don't know if you got time, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you're listening. Oh yeah, if, she does. If If you hate, if you hate the things that I've, if that I've grounded myself in. So yeah. for example, if I was religious, if you, if you hated religion, then that would be a no go. Well, I'm, an atheist or right. agnostic and like it's probably better if you're somewhere in and around questioning at the very least
1: because i'm kind of all about the and people stand in different areas on this subject but you know the idea of like say you like a certain band and the other person they don't hate that band but they don't love it as much as you do but i'm a big fan of like doing things like if the, if you want to go to a concert and you want to bring your your boyfriend I'm a big fan of doing those little things for your, your partner mm-hmm. every now and then. Just to show like that you're.
3: I'm here. I'm, I'm here because you,
1: you love this thing. You want a buddy. And I'm. And and don't fucking go to the concert and be a whiny little bitch. Yes. Just go and enjoy it.
3: And don't say that. Motherfucker. Don't say you're going. I don't want to be here, but I'm here.
1: I mean, obviously, like, I think if, if you super hate that thing, that's, don't go cause you feel obligated. But I just mean, like, like, I mean, I'll use my ex as an example. You know. He was, he was into wrestling. And I, me as a girlfriend back then, I was just like, that's so fucking dumb. That's so dumb. And it's just like, I wish I could have just uh, opened up to it because guess who loves wrestling now? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say <laughs> loves, but I, I actually enjoy it quite a bit.
3: But you can find. Yeah. See, so this is where when we talk about like common interests and things so for me it's not about having specific activities or interest it's about the type of person that you are yeah are you the whole chicken who will give all of your chickenness to me <laughs> all
2: <laughs> because, your drippings
3: uh, will you give me all your drippings yes and will you stuff me like I stuff you yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, because like my <laughs> philosophy as a human being, I feel like this is where you need the connections. Yeah. Is like your values and your morals. Yeah, that's very true. So it's like, do you feel the same way, Sarah? Right. Like, do you, like, are you with somebody who values the relationship and values doing things for one another, even if it's not maybe like top of your list? Right. But you do it, you do it with a good heart, you enjoy yeah. it because you love the person that you're with. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean you do it every time, so it's not about like, oh, they love hockey, so you have to love hockey too. But it's you you show an interest in it and it's a genuine because that's the kind of person that you are. Like I'm yes. interested in you and I love you. So I'm going to take an interest. It n- does not mean I will ever be like the biggest fan. No! I'm, I'm gonna go to a hockey game, and I'm gonna drink beer, and I'm gonna have a good time. And I can find the fun in it and the enjoyment yeah. in it and ask the questions and yeah, because that's who I that's am. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, I so totally it's like think that that's the type of person yeah. that you are aligns, not the specific interest. Because frankly, I think if you have different interests, that keeps it interesting. That can be a good thing, it can be, you know, yeah. again, if it's not like I will, I can never go to a concert if people are just yelling at me like mm. I, a heavy metal, whatever. That is just not, yeah. I can't. Yeah. But I'm, like, I can talk to you about it. I can ask you how you like the concert and why you like that. You know, like, and yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. like, listen to snippets. But that's just who I am as a person. I'm not going to, like, shut you down. If that yeah. doesn't interest me, no, let, I'm not talking about I'm going to talk about my thing that interests me. Yeah. So I think it's about those, again, like, those values, those morals, those, like, what makes you up as a person. Those things connect. What do you believe in? What do you stand for? When those things align those yeah. are the deeper things yeah. that keep you connected to. Do somebody. they want the kids superficial? Or, do things. Do they want
1: kids or not? Big that's one. a real. Big I one. also
3: like very like. First up, I'm at a point about like I. If you do not say, and that's totally your prerogative. If you don't want to like be married and have a family, that's totally fine. I want that someday. If you never want that, that's cool. But what's the then? What's the point of all this? Because right. the values aren't matching up then.
2: Right. I've yeah. had been exactly on the opposite side of that, where I've been on a first date with a guy. Everything's going great. Get around to. um, So how do you feel about having a family? I've not implied one way or the other how I feel about it. And he says, oh, I definitely want to have kids. And I'm like, well, this is fucking over. And then, yeah. you know, but I'll say, oh, shoot, that's like, you know, like, that's a definite, like, I don't want that. And I don't want to hold anybody back from having that. Mm-hmm. And then they start to dither. And, well, you know, I mean, if it happens, oh. it happens. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's- I don't. I, I, it's literally over. I'm going to hug you. And that's, you know, oh. this rollerblading date is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Saddest rollerblading, rollerblading date, date. ever.
2: <laughs> it was a really sunny, hot day. I looked really cute.
1: Oh my God. I mean, like, I would like to have the experience of getting to that point. And the like, What's that? like a third or fourth date where that comes up.
2: Oh no, do it all on the I've first date. I've done it
3: very I have literally done it. with like the last I did it. I swear to God, I did it via text the like when <laughs> the day that we talked after. Really? Honest to God. I see I see very little point. If I can't just say that and I'm not saying tomorrow and I'm not saying with you, <laughs> I'm just saying. This is what I want. And it has to be a possibility with you. Like, right. if you blatantly know that you don't want those things, you shouldn't have to sacrifice on them either. Like, I don't ever want to have children with somebody who Doesn't. was wishy-washy about it. I don't ever want them to resist. Like, that's a life-changing decision. I shouldn't have to compromise on that, and neither should you. So if you don't want it, that that's completely fine. Then you just have to be upfront with me and tell right. me that. And then that's cool. Yeah. So I. It would just suck know, if they were perfect in every other way. But I know. But I can't compromise on that either. Mm. I I don't feel that way now. Anyway. Again, you know who knows what life has in store. Please God, don't let me be single ten years from now. But if uh, I am, then, <laughs> like then maybe I feel differently. But right now, like, and when I was in my twenties, I felt but now i'm like nope i know it for sure and it fucking sucks as women that if this is something you want you do have like a window you know before yeah. that unfortunately is not the best route to go down anymore well, you know that window's getting bigger it is which is which good I fucking love uh, who
1: had a baby kate hudson had a baby and she's like, like 40 yeah so
3: it's yeah. more time than
1: i'm not exotic. as in shape as her though
3: but, but. Whatever, fuck it, fuck he hadn't. I'm sure she's a drug addict or something. So, she, she, there's some other thing that's like impacting her system, and it's fine. It's good. Yeah. You're from Annie she You've got good genes. I just believe that because we're Atlantic Canadians.
2: I know we're somebody who had Earth. a six year old kid or seven year old kid and met the love of her life, and she's been with him ever since.
3: And then that too, too. So, like, you could
2: conceivably go about yep. not waiting for no man for that. Yeah. And then conceivably meet. The what person is person that, that, that Jennifer to be Lopez his dad, movie. Or her dad.
3: What's the that? Jennifer Lopez movie. Oh, yeah. Where she t- makes that decision. What the fuck is that called? Oh, yeah. She makes a decision to, like, have a kid on her own. She goes through, like, artificial like insemination. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, the day... So then, you know, for many weeks later, she takes the pregnant... The day she goes to the doctor, finds out, yes, for sure, she's pregnant, she meets the guy.
1: Yeah. Whatever.
3: But that's a real thing. Again, like, if somebody can't... If you're too wimpy... <laughs> For me to be able to say, hey, I want to have kids and and, like I see myself having a family and being married at some day, like at some point. I'm not saying with you and I'm not saying tomorrow, but I am saying that that's something that I see in my life and I feel strongly about. If I can't say that to somebody and them either be like, yeah, me too, or no, I don't see that, then there's a point. What's the point anyway? Like if you're that immature. Yeah. Now, like, look, I mean, let's I'll be honest. Again, all of these guys who have been the worst human beings have all said the right thing at the beginning, and then they turn out to be complete crap. I feel like I do my due diligence, too. Like, I don't know. What what am I not?
1: It's not. It's not. Oh, it's, it's nothing you're doing
3: like, is the thing. Or I'm not. I feel like I'm, I'm just not being critical enough.
2: You aren't. I'm going to let you say it all because <laughs> you will.
3: That like I get there. But it's the, there's a the difference between the, like, knowing it and the doing it.
1: Yeah, the doing it is tough. Because it's
2: the can what I, ifs. Can I just, um, little intermediate point here. Um, when I've said to people before, I don't really want to have kids, I have no desire to do that. And if I did, it would be a really expensive endeavor. And it can't happen accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's legal is not a good motivation for me. Uh, um, and uh, I certainly feel like I personally have so much more self-work to do that I wouldn't be able to give enough to a child. But I enjoy being nurturing in small doses. Mm-hmm. So I know what I enjoy, how I enjoy expressing that nurturing side of myself now. And it's it's often just to my clients, like giving that extra little bit of TLC or whatever. But people have often tried to console me where I haven't implied any distress over that decision that that you know oh it could happen for you it could it could and i'm like i get that can too. you stop giving oh me a God. like a migraine like this is a I, nightmare, I get that too yeah
1: i
3: get have that too not seen enough of that because i lately yeah. like not pressuring people if people can make the decision men and women to not have children and it doesn't mean that they're like missing out on it's a decision. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a decision, but also like it's interesting. I fall right in the middle between you two because you really want them, you don't, and I don't know. Like I'm, but I, I don't, too. I don't know what I want. But I've, 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 um, and I've said this to to mother friends of mine, like friends who are moms, being like, you know, I just don't want to fall in love with the idea of this vision of me as a mother because it, the frankly, might not happen. I'm 31. I've been single for six years. I'm not rich. I don't really want to adopt. Um, So I don't want to fall in love with that reality or that vision for myself because it might not happen. And then then they go, oh, but, you know, it might. Like, I'm just like.
3: But that's not the point. (laughs) I really don't
1: see a world in which that is going to happen for me. But what you do is you get a
2: loan for the artificial insemination and then you pay it off with the child support you get from the government. So you get like 400 bucks a month or something. You just make sure that the minimum payment on your loan is smaller than the child support you would get.
3: Or you stop taking birth control and find a really phenomenal man and just sleep with
1: him. And cream pie it up. Exactly. <laughs> and then just... I never I, talk to him again. I lean more towards, no, I don't want them, but I, I'm...
3: i You're not totally closed off to the I'm idea. I'm not totally closed yeah. off to the idea. And I, that, I think that, though, keeps you open to more people, too. So for you, it's kind of... It's about the partner Mm -hmm. first and foremost for me it's about the partner but you have to also want see your life going that way but so for you you're open to like to both sides of it I'm open to both sides and
1: and preferably I would like someone who's kind of in the Mm -hmm. same boat as me like where they're like well
2: he's in the same neighborhood as you so
1: oh come on Vern (laughs) Vern seems to think that my love is like (laughs) very geographically close to (laughs) me
3: but let's go back to it Catherine
1: who's your perfect partner
3: oh right this is a good question I feel – oh, my God. I feel like Vern said it very perfectly. I feel, as I've gotten older, like, the physical things have – oh, they're still there. The height being the most important. Oh, Fred, So many women so, put I know. so much on the height thing. I know. It was – I swear to God, it's my mom. It's her <laughs> fault. It, it's her fucking fault. She has said my – because my dad is, like, 6'2", and she – so I'm – 5'9 she's like 5'8 or something like that so so she's like you know relatively tall for a woman too my dad's tall my grandfather is tall my dad's everybody's tall and my whole life she has always made little like quips about short like oh like oh I've always liked a tall man or oh like he's too short or like some little off, and so it has become in green So you like a tall guy. I like a tall guy. And I distinctly remember this guy that I was like kind of during the off time of the, like the five year guy who was phenomenal. He was a great guy. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. But he was like a good four inches shorter than me. And but she loved the idea of him like he was an engineer, came from a good family. He was lovely. He was very sweet. He wanted the same things in life. He was easy to talk to, blah, 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 blah. She's like, well, Catherine, you know, like, that's not everything. Fuck you. You can't say that now. That's been been everything my whole
2: life. (laughs) That almost makes her sound like she's desperate for you or something. Well, she
3: like she I think so it's not I think she has she has realized So I think our generation is more aware of, like, the impact of, like, the things that you do and how you perceive yourself impacts your children. And I think she's just becoming more aware of the shit that she did and how it shaped me. Mm -hmm. So I feel she's – it's not so much the desperate – I feel like she's trying to backpedal. Okay. Okay. And that's because she thinks whole, I think she's seeing like, oh, fuck, like I've given her these complexes about shit. And really, I just want her to be happy and have somebody who loves her. And at the end of the day, if he's fucking four inches shorter than her, but she's the happiest thing in the world and he's wonderful to her. I don't care as a mom. That's great. But I feel like she so she's not I think she's in more like, God damn it. Did I fuck up my daughter mode <laughs> like worried for me mode? Yeah. So yeah, and so like that just became like a thing. So yeah, height. I will always be more attracted probably to somebody who is tall. That they are the just the person I will probably always notice more. And then from that, like it's just somebody who has like a nice face. So that's the smile, like their eye, like they just look. Inviting. it's hard to get
2: people to agree what a nice face is, it is. it's very, that's subjective. very subjective
3: but that's the thing that i love that's what brings the truth to like beauties in the eye of the beholder that's why that's so true i think eyes and smile are key yeah but what you find beautiful is the eyes and a sm- is completely different like someone might like a really quirky yeah. smile or you know like it's it's so and i love that though i love that that also i think is empowering in that not everybody's going to like you, and you don't have to like everybody, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, because I think for a long time I'm also a people pleaser. So for a long time, if somebody didn't like me, it was like really working my butt off to figure out well, why and why I didn't to change it.
1: Oh my god, I hate that. It's, I hate it too. I hate it's, that aspect of me. Because yeah,
3: it's why it's okay if you're not like my biggest fan. That's fine. Like that doesn't mean there's something wrong. Anyways, so I just. Yeah, I feel like I just want Vern to pick my perfect guy. I feel like <laughs> Vern could describe my Yeah, perfect you actually guy. yeah, you're, you're
2: you you kind of perfect... nailed
3: it on the head. Yeah. Earlier. Like
2: And you know, I just keep thinking about this idea of how we we tend to look at the various elements of uh prospective partners in isolation from each other. Mm. We tend to like literally chop them up into the visual, the emotional, the career, the you know, the very on siloed. paper. And yeah, absolutely. But when it comes down to it, it's gonna be the amalgamation of all those things in whatever order or whatever, like it's very much like, you know, how the dice come out of a Yahtzee can yeah. or whatever. Yep. And so what I can tell you is that short men fuck best. They really like, do, in my in my opinion, because of just just the the mechanics of they can they can get back to it really quick, whereas like longer limbed men,
0: <laughs>
2: you know, it's just it's it's like they fuck you like they're talking slow, <laughs> It's too much to move around.
0: <laughs> sorry, that was perfect,
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> 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 but also somebody who on paper is you know they've got a great career and a great income you might be woefully ill-matched to them because of their expectations of what their partner is going to want you know is going to make or what they do for a living you know if you start dating a lawyer and you have to and you're a hairdresser then for example for i don't know who i'm thinking of but do you go to a party <laughs> at a law firm and have to like hop knob with lawyers and they ask you what you do for a living Oh, you're hit, oh well right. oh, you know is that then make yeah. them feel insecure that their partner is not on their level you not know not enough yeah mm-hmm. but you know like i i want nicer things than i can afford so i'm gonna aim high <laughs> you know, gonna have expensive taste.
3: that's my dad's like i think first comment to like somebody them date is like sh- you know she's not cheap to maintain.
2: <laughs> that is so literally <laughs> true with you. Girl, you got guts. Like, I do. You got I guts. Know,
1: I'm on I the other do. hand would I'm cry s- if I was brought McDonald's. <laughs> Bring me some nuggets and I would just be like, "Really? Here's my vagina. You're so perfect.
2: Here's my dipping
1: sauce." <laughs> dipping sauce I of am your chicken. <laughs> so what what other things do you want personality wise?
3: Personality, well, somebody, like, just this kind of vibe. Somebody that I can just have a conversation with and we can laugh and we can, like, mm. intermingle, like, the joking with the real stuff. Yes, yeah. That's just, it's just the flow. So it's wow. so hard to, like, to pinpoint. Because I think, like, what Vern says is really important. Like, there are all these things that are siloed. Like, and maybe I have certain silos that other people don't or I put more emphasis on certain ones. That, but ultimately, however you know, the dice, whatever the dice turn up, it's kind of deciding, do they have all these silos and like what ratio and does that ratio work for me? Because ultimately, like I don't, it's so hard to put, but so yeah, somebody I can laugh with, somebody that wants a family, I think somebody that understands the importance of communication, That doesn't mean they're necessarily a great communicator or have it all figured out, but they understand the importance of it. Somebody I think who handles Challenging situations similar to me, I think that's like I mean I feel like I've heard that a long, You know, before you marry somebody, you take you know backpack through Europe, do some kind of really yeah, like, yeah, yeah strenuous difficult thing, or watch them have like a flat tire and how do they handle that? So how does somebody handle a stressful situation?
1: That's so is
3: very important. Yeah, like it's very telling. Like when can you work are together smooth, as a team, yeah. can you be a team. Like when things are smooth, that's easy. Like, but how do you handle the the more challenging things? The little bumps and the bigger bumps. What are you going to do? How are, are you going to, like, I, I know with a hundred, I am the kind of person, like, in the face of adversity, I will plow forward. Like, if somebody is dealing with a tough situation, I will pick up the slack. Yeah. I will move forward. I will get shit done. That's just who I am. Under pressure, I will thrive. Yeah. So difficult situation, I'm there. I show up. Hundred percent. So I need somebody who's like that. Like I need somebody that someone who doesn't run away, and that it can be okay. Stop it can also the be, fuck up, men. Exactly, and it can be hard for me and I to like. So again, one like. So I was in this um, when I was first diagnosed with colitis. I was in this like medical trial, um, and so part of that, like you, you saw a therapist. And anyway, the one thing he said to me that was like the I think the most. I don't know, not necessarily profound, I guess. I don't know if it was that deep. But eye-opening or meaningful thing that he said to me was, because we were talking about, like, my relationship at the time and how he wasn't, like, really doing anything and not helping enough because I was still, like, trying to do the cooking and trying to, like, keep everything together. and So I wasn't giving in to the illness enough. Mm. Like, I felt like crap and I didn't want to do anything but I was still doing it, that I was building resentment because he wasn't doing anything. Mm. So I'm not great. Sometimes at just admitting, Oh my God, like just being exasperated and throwing my hands up and being like, okay, I fucking need somebody here. I, this Mm. is awful or whatever the situation is, Mm. right? Like I need to lean on you now. I keep, because I can do it. I can take care of myself with my hands tied behind my back. That's no problem. But in a relationship, you have to be able to – because it's important for that other person to step up and, like, to give them the opportunity to step up. So, that, so like, that was the one thing that he said to me was that, like, you're not giving in to it enough. Like, you need – when you feel that way, let yourself feel that way. Yeah, exactly. And that doesn't mean that I'm not saying, you know, like, don't push yourself or move forward. Because those are important things to do. Like, you don't want to be – you know, st- but there are times like, because he understood the disease, like there are times when your energy is zapped because your iron's low, because you're bleeding. So, you know, then that just is what it is. Like, you just need to succumb to that, be okay with that, accept that, and, and see if he comes in to fill the space that you're, you know, making vacant. So I think it's just somebody, it's just someone like that, like that I learn to give them the opportunity. To see if they'll step up and see if they actually do. Like something that is going to be present, is going to be there. And yeah. when shit hits the fan, I can count on them. And yeah. so, yeah, I think it's it's that. It's like the little things that all to go to. But the, at the end of the day, they're there.
0: Mm. No matter what. Mm-hmm.
3: And because I know I will, I'm never going to cheat on somebody. I will treat them well. I will give them my all my unicorn chicken is please move. i,
2: I want to poke you a bit yes um no pressure that's, that's no pressure at that. all okay that's no pressure okay that was a lot of fucking pressure for some people to say like i will never fail
3: that's yeah that's true I, I mean
2: like what if i do then fail then like oh my god i've let you down and i've ruined everything and like
3: but i put up with so much you can fail forever and i'd probably still be like it's cool i mean i still want it yeah so yeah because i don't want somebody to feel i don't want somebody to feel that pressure like and i don't know how to how i would ever really articulate that to somebody that that's the kind of thing that i'm looking for in a way that kind of gets the gist across without feeling like this huge weight of like oh my god she's going to be there and she's so strong and blah 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 yeah. holy fuck I don't know how I'm going to react in those situations so I don't know that's like a, and I think a really important thing to say I don't know how I would communicate that vibe that I would hope for and and the action to back it up without making somebody feel that pressure because I think that's like that's okay you can make mistakes like you can do crappy things but it's the, like, the then the being able – I don't know if it's then the being able to recognize it, the being and and owning it, the being okay with the constructive feedback. Like, you really hurt me here or I really needed you and you weren't there. And then the, like, openness to then moving forward and trying to not have that same thing happen again. And it may. There's, but- a,
2: there's a real duality there and I'm responding to it because I think I do the same thing. It's okay. like I, I really say to people, you know, it's – well, this isn't working out, so I can, I'm just going to go my own way. You know, I'm just going to drop things and blah, 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 blah. And then, but, <laughs> so the duality is that you absolutely are looking for someone to be there when things fail, but also don't worry because things will never fail. Mm. So it, it's like a challenge that they, you know, this sort of mythical challenge that they're never actually going to have to face. Yes. But at the same time, if they do, they, they're not prepared by any prior tests or trials. Because, you know, it's only in the, it's like break glass in the event of an emergency because you will take care of everything Mm. because you're that strong. Interesting. But I think that you can live your life much more vulnerable Mm -hmm. from the get-go even before you meet this person, even before, you know, you could even be that vulnerable to meet that person. You might meet that person, you know, like... I don't know exactly how to articulate what I'm saying, but, but it is a double edged sword, what you're saying. And I experience that as well. Um, it's sort of like the needy, not needy, you know, like I, 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 I know that I need that. things. I definitely need things mm-hmm. if I'm in a relationship, but I almost feel like it's too much to ask. So I just won't ask for it until it's too late and it's built up and yeah, it's turned I'll into something so much bigger. Yeah. So much bigger. And yeah, so when I say, you know, like, Oh, that's no pressure. I just, I, I really, i I, I don't know how you would solve that conundrum because you are absolutely perfect to continue the way you are, and you're perfect to meet a person. But that is a double edged sword. That's oh, what uh, you're saying? I just, I wanted to hear how you would respond to that because, like I say, I struggle and I haven't figured it out.
3: So this is <laughs> the thing that I've been thinking about lately is you know Sarah Jessica Parker's movie, like failure to launch. Have no, you seen what's that? Movie? that? Okay, With Matthew McConaughey? With Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So he is this guy who still lives at home and he's like in his 30s. Or You find out he had like a kind of a failed relationship and it had a really bad impact on him. But anyway, so his parents hire this woman to like get in a relationship with him essentially and build up his comp, whatever. Do what they kind of need to do to get him out of the house. So her and so she has a very kind of like regimented process that she follows. So it's like the like your you're meet cute like how you initially meet them and then you have to like get the friends on board so you have so she goes like playing paint gun paintball war. that's the one Pain, yeah. paint gun war paint, war. paint gun war <laughs> she plays paint gun war she went to paint night and <laughs>
2: paint night
3: <laughs> yeah they painted a beautiful sunflower and he loved it Matthew McConaughey was all about it and
2: that's like a whole other really good movie <laughs> <laughs> the voice that would be Matthew McConaughey <laughs> as an artist?
3: Um, so they do that, and like the next step is like let him be there for you. So she fakes like this losing a dog, and it's really like just a dog who's in like get a teeth cleaning, but she knows a vet and she works with them. And so she, he, she says, "Oh, I lost my dog. He's gonna die." And she asks him to like come with her and be with her, like to go through something traumatic. So I think about that. So. Because I think what you say is very important, like the living your life more vulnerably, because I think I understand the value of being vulnerable and I think I can do it in many ways, like the talking about parts of me that are maybe like not the prettiest or talking about, um, you know, difficulty, but the literally the day to day things like the relying on somebody that's the stuff like you get so used to just doing it all. And I can see myself like being the person like with the family, cooking all the suppers, getting all the kids homework done, getting everybody to bed, getting all the lunches ready in the morning. And I don't want to do that, but I can because I won't let the ball drop. Right. So I think it's like. So with the, in the last release, I tried to have and I don't know if I go about it in the right way, but little opportunities where I opened up to like to let him be there. So like Sarah Jessica Parker, like Sarah Jessica Parker, like when I, so like my dog was sick <laughs> and I asked him like to come to the vet with me. And I was like looking at a new job opportunity and I really talked about it with him. I'm like, what do you think? How do you feel? Like, what do you think that I should do here? Or, like, I needed him to pick up, like, something for me. Like, oh, these, like, I was getting these shoes fixed. Like, can you, like, get these for me? I never make it down there. Like, I'd really appreciate if you could get... So it's, like, little things Mm. that I needed that I could have done myself and would have done myself and not thought about it. But I tried to, like, include Mm him in that. Were
2: you doing any mental calculus trying to limit the... the Exhortation of energy for him to That's sort of like keep it within a certain tolerance, so you didn't ask too much.
3: Oh, for sure. I think I couldn't. I couldn't tell you exactly how, but but I could tell you with a hundred percent certainty that I I know that I would have buffered whatever it was that was going on to see how he could manage it, so it wouldn't have been all like a full on shit show, because I would have. It was a it was a more calculated thing. It was a a conscious effort to try and bring him in into the fold in a, a semi stressful situation mm-hmm. and see how it worked. So it wasn't actually a situation that I ever really needed him, but I try. Yeah, so I,
1: I do that. I do that with non boyfriends.
3: I've never had well this is times like I have really had I haven't learned how to do that with so well I guess the only thing that would have been like kind of upcoming is like I have an appointment this is a, with my like the boyfriend that I lived with when I was diagnosed like I had uh, just a ton of medical appointments and so sometimes when I'm going getting a scope and you're under and it's, like you can't obviously have somebody who has to be there with you and take you home and whatever because you can't drive and do they
1: need to be there all day
3: no, they have like a window that's like, it's like, this is like likely when she'll be done. So come back around this time.
1: I was told I'm I'm going under anesthesia for the first time ever Oh, in a couple of weeks. And vision? I was told to have someone with me all day. Oh, And oh all God. it is, is getting my vagina. My <laughs> cervix, getting my vagina. <laughs> getting my cervix, <laughs> like, time.
3: getting a
1: section of my cervix burnt off.
3: Oh, I've had that done. I forget what it, a lap, leap. Leap procedure. You've had it? I've had it. Okay, we're going to talk later. Yeah. It's if you need somebody to go. Let me. It's. I don't think I I was never under. I I have to be put
1: under because my my uterus is tilted. Oh
3: right, right. So I've been totally under once. Um, my like my mom was there, and you sleep like a champ after. (laughs) It was phenomenal. I'm excited for that. It was a good sleep. Um, I think that they, they say that because they just don't want flaky people leaving and never coming back. I think if like. My mom has like gone for coffee, done whatever, and has always been like, okay, so like when? What's the approximate time? And she always it's like, oh, you will it'll probably be around three o'clock, so come back for two ish. Yeah, because we're gonna yeah,
2: no, need that bed back. Well,
3: what, the, what <laughs> exactly. they what they told me was
1: like, like my thing is at seven thirty, so they're like, you'll be there and for another couple hours after that, and then you need someone to drive you home. But then they said you need someone to be with you all day after you've left the hospital. Oh. That's what they told me, and I was like, that's that weird. Sound right. That might, dude. Do, do, do they mix up with surgery I'm having? I'm not getting a heart transplant. I'm getting <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is something that like girl, like girls go to the hospital and they get done in five minutes and they go to work afterwards. Like I don't I guess it's all about the uh, the anesthesia. But yeah,
3: I don't know if there's maybe like some kind of side effect. Maybe that would happen. So they want somebody to be present in case I like. I'm I'm sure it's maybe. a highly unlikely thing. But yeah. I, it might you're really dopey like it was the, i remember being in the hospital and like being like at the like the qe2 and trying so hard when i woke up to like i was looking out the window to figure out geographically oh where oh god i don't want to be that fucked up it was, but i'm so but then scared that went away like fairly quickly but that that was just the thing that i became focused on but then when my mom came into the room and like a familiar face was the first question i asked was did i snore Thighly, <laughs> 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 like, like urine, like, <laughs> like woke up mm. be like. I think they put a cap. Cath- they might. They'll it's put a catheter in <laughs> the Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. They would never tell you if you did. Um.
2: Did you see the Jeffrey Star um throat widening surgery video? You see him coming out of anesthesia. Like he's full out for him, uh, this operation. Holy shit! He has no. Some disease whereas parts part of his esophagus is too narrow so he had to have somebody i think it might have been the second or third time anyway you go under for it so you get to watch him is fully documented so if you want to like bring yourself up on uh, to speed, i just it i don't
1: like. like giving i don't like being that fucked up like i'm i, I i'm not looking forward to this but whatever I'll, I'll have to get it over with
3: do you have a person who's gonna be i have
1: like multiple options so okay <laughs> it's just it's, it's, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Like, I have time to figure it out. I'm just more, to be honest, I more just want someone who's not going to care how fucking brutal I'm going to be. Oh, like,
2: fuck, man. Oh I have
1: to go yeah. in for 6 a.m. Like,
2: I, most people have had Wait, a surgery or have known somebody who's had yeah. a surgery. Nobody's going to judge you or, like, no. be yeah. weirded out. No. Like, I, I remember one time, um, well, I have my wisdom teeth out and I was like, I was like, my to my best friend, I. I think I need you to record me. But if I say anything, like, super damaging, <laughs> you delete the video right away. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, really excited to see what kind of fucked up shit I would say. And she was like, you are boring. Yeah. You are so boring. I, I give
1: people permission to film me if, 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 if <laughs> it will go viral. Only if it will go viral. Well, we we should wrap it up because we're going to get into two-parter part territory pretty soon here. And, uh...
3: I hope nothing right against
1: two partners, just more work for Sarah. <laughs> so, guys, thanks so much for coming on. This
0: is-
3: Thank you. This was—I I feel
1: like yeah. I was just like <laughs> involved this whole time. Like I've learned a lot, actually. Okay, this. that's what I've, I've learned oh, a lot good. through this. This was very insightful. I just love talking, and I want to get that that's fucking book. book
3: that that's attached book. book
1: or whatever it is. I want to get that. And I, I just I want like to-
3: anything that helps me put things in perspective.
1: This was, yeah, this, yeah. yeah it was, it was
3: Talking excellent. to other people, learning about their experiences. Yeah. Anything that helps me, like, bring it back to me. What does that mean for me? How do I relate that to my, yeah. So I think just talking to people who are easy helps. to talk to is such an awesome thing to do. It, it helps so hard, yeah,
1: yeah. It really, really does. So, you guys were great. You'll both be back on, I know it. I just know it. <laughs> so this is not the end. This is not goodbye. It's see you later. <laughs>
2: See, t- you later. See you later, alligator.
0: It's the
1: tip of the iceberg, <laughs> so to speak. Like I'm gonna give Catherine the bell, the final bell. Catherine, ring that
0: bell.
1: Yay. Ding, ding, ding. Yay. Intoxicated cherry. Popped. <laughs>
2: <Hot. laughs> <laughs> God, you a loose woman, yeah.